Ciao ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your culture to go. I'm Frank Crivello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, I'm still here. Still there, man. <laughs> Not, uh, not, not yet. Not, not quite. T- we're counting down the days. I think yet. that you know the, the the baby's timing it for the international break, which we normally take off, yeah. so that you can have that weekend and then you can come back when Serie A comes back. So. That or waiting for either Allegri or Inzaghi to get fired. We'll see. <laughs> They're going to be waiting a while. <laughs> so, Maybe. And I don't think your wife can stand it. Um, <laughs> so, how are you otherwise? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, can't complain. Uh, international break coming along so yeah I'm, I'm good how about you i'm doing good looking forward to getting a chance to put my feet up a little bit and uh you know enjoy some of the international games and mm. and, and, and check some of that out here uh just a little bit of a different uh change of uh pace so um uh you know but until then we 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 ended with a bang though with uh with with, with city out this weekend with heavyweight uh, bout two what's that Two heavyweight bouts. Two heavyweight bouts, yes. Uh, Roma, Atalanta, Milan, Napoli. Uh, I am, uh, and I have made this very, very clear. I think I said it. Um, I, I think I responded on, uh, I, I responded to IFTV, and I normally don't respond to those guys. Um, uh, but, you know, they, they had a take. They were asking about Allegri. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? Keep them, Juventus. Keep them. Keep them. Yeah. This is great for us. And, not, 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 and I'm not speaking as a Milan fan. This is great for just Calcio. I mean, a, a Juve in chaos is wonderful. It's something for <laughs> us to talk about. You know, a, a, a Juve, a, you know, when we started doing this, it was Juve winning the title every year, and we're just bemoaning Juve winning it every year. We're talking about how deep and talented they are. And now the empire has fallen. And, you know, it's just you, you can't resist the temptation to stop all over the rubble. And as long as you keep Allegri, that thing's never going to get rebuilt. And that's what I'm here for. You know, and someone who I think would agree with you 100% is probably our guest. Just so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. yes. Why don't we, uh, why don't we br- introduce our guest? Uh, he is the founder of Far From Vesuvius, host of the Raff and Raff, father of... Father of the three best sons one could ask for, <laughs> um, <laughs> depending on the day. Uh, I have kids too, so I know. So does Richard. <laughs> and uh, here with us, is this eight now, Rafa? I eight? lost count at this point. <laughs> Let's just say eight. Eight. eight, we'll eight. Say- <laughs> we can we can get the actual results if we dig enough, but uh, I'll say yeah. Let's go with eight. Yeah, eight <laughs> sounds close. So we will. We we welcome once again Rafa Rispo. How you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic, guys. <laughs> uh, and I can't agree with you enough that uh, Allegri needs to stay. You know, hashtag yeah. Allegri in. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I I am uh, loving what I'm seeing in Turin <laughs> these days. Yeah. But I'm good, I'm guys. I'm good. Yeah. I'm here for chaos. I am. And oh, I, even for Inter right now. And, and, and Yeah, we lift oh, our yeah. own chaos, right, Frank? Oh, What's yeah. That? We lift our own uh, chaos with the banter error. Good oh, to see my. other people go through this. Years of just 
you know, Galliani trying to convince us that Fernando Torres could still play, uh, that Michael Essien could still play. Um, you know, we just, you know, that it's not us anymore and that there's like an ag- absolute smart people running our club now. Uh, it's just nice to see. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's really good in that respect. So, um, but yeah, it was, uh, man, another great week of Calcio. Let's do the rundown. We, We'll uh, break down Milan Napoli. We'll catch up with Rafa on what he's seen uh, from the Parthenope uh, so far this season and what his expectations are going forward. Uh, we will uh, ha- we will talk about the Roma Atalanta match uh, as well. Uh, break down the rest of match week seven. Uh, we'll 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 touch on what we've seen so far in Europe and then. Uh, Look at the Italy call-ups and their games, their games upcoming, and then finish up with the world's most popular hashtag game, Who Won Calcio Twitter. So uh, come for the Calcio knowledge. Stay for the Who Won Calcio Twitter. That's the new phrase. I'm, how's that one working out, Richard? Is that a good sure. one? Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. Not? Come for the Calcio knowledge. Stay for the Who Won Calcio Twitter. Gotcha. So, um, so without further ado, Milan played Napoli. This was kind of a big deal, Richard. Just a little bit, huh? Just a little bit. Uh, two probably the most... I guess exciting teams this this season. Uh, obviously, Napoli, what they dismantled Liverpool and what they've done this season so far, very exciting. And Milan, the, re- the reigning champions, have done very well so far. Um, and so, curious to see who would win, right? Uh, strength versus strength. This turned out to be the heavyweight battle. I think we can all agree that after this game, these are clearly the two best teams in Serie A. Uh, but Milan would be the host in this one. Um, first of the starting lineups for Milan. Magnon in goal with Calabria Chiar. Not with uh, Kalulu, who's a little bit injured. Um, Tamori, Teo Hernandez, uh, midfield two of Benacer and Tonali with Krunic, the Catalare, and Salamakers with Olivier Giroud. Uh, Frank, thoughts on the lineup when uh, this first uh, came out? Well, obviously, you got to figure out what are you going to do with without Rafael Leal being suspended after being suspended from the Sampdoria yeah. game, yeah. and and what how how Milan were going to you know fill that attacking void, and and they decide to go with Krunic on the left hand side. You know, who makes some sense. Um, Crunicino. Crunicino, the way he plays now. (laughs) You know, I mean, clearly you're not going to get the kind of production that you get out of a Rafael Leal at that position, but you get someone that's workmanlike. So now the the, the wingers are work, you know, they're they're both workers. They're both willing to support the midfield. They're They're both willing to press when Milan like to press, and they'd like to do that a lot. Um, So... I thought that the Krunic selection on the left-hand side was a smart choice. Um, And I thought the Kiar uh, selection at at the beginning when I saw this news roll, that was a smart choice. I want the experience in that position as as well as Kalulu has played. Um, I want the experience and the the guy who knows where to be in terms of, okay, do I have to – you know, help out Tamori with with Raspadori up front and and make sure we outnumber him in certain crossing situations. And then when do I go and provide cover for Calabria when he has to deal with Guevara? So I think that Kiar has more experience in those areas than Kalulu, as well as Kalulu has played. Uh, so generally, no big issue with this lineup. It meant for Charles de Quetelare, your table is ready. Time to Time to step up and start ma- start being a playmaker now. Uh, you've gotten your feet wet enough. Um, and then, of course, you're looking at Giroud, obviously, to do the finishing. I, I thought this was probably, all things considered, the best lineup Pioli could have put out. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, and looking on the flip side with the, with the guests, 
Uh, Alex Merritt in goal with uh, Di Lorenzo, Rahmani, Minjai Kim, uh, and Mario Rui in the back with Anguisa and Lobotka with Pieter Zlinski in front of them, Politano and Raspadori on either side. Oh, I guess Raspadori technically in the nine and uh, Havarshelia in the in the left wing. So, Rafa, thoughts on the lineup in this one? Um, obviously, a very talented lineup from front to back. Uh, was this the best lineup you could put out there? Well, yes, yes. This is the best lineup that we could put out. Um, this is the, I guess, standard starting 11 for Napoli uh, going forward here. Um, obviously, without Victor Osimhen, who is injured, um, hopefully will be back by the time the international break is over. I know he was selected for Nigeria, so I don't know how that's uh, going to play out. Um, but, yeah, putting Raspadori in at the, at the number nine, um, you know, there was a lot of calls for Simeone to get some starts here. But to, to truth be told, um, Simeone playing as a sole striker with Raspadori. Raspadori's, uh, I guess his his strength is behind a striker. So for like a, as like a second striker or he plays on the left. He's a good left winger, too. Um, obviously, Kvaratskhelia has got that locked down. And uh, we didn't really practice well uh, in the offseason with a 4-2-3-1 with having a, like a lone striker, you know, with Aus- like how Ossiman played last season a lot. So I think the 4-3-3 the, the is how we um, are shaped for this season. And uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, we would, you know, substitute and put in uh, Simeone, if, uh, you know, taking that Raspadori and putting him at the nine and it, you know, eventually works. But uh, to get to start with Raspadori, I think is a good move. Um, he's got to grow into that position a little bit too. Um, but but yeah, this is the starting eleven that I see Napoli playing, especially when there's like, you know, no midweek games. You know, um, this is the strong eleven. The, the the great thing about Spalletti is that we have such a great bench too, that yeah. you know one or two changes and. You know, we're still uh, the same dynamic looking, uh, you know, attacking, counterattacking, possession holding Napoli. But uh, yeah, with Lobotka and Gisa uh, in the in the midfield, um, to, to me, to me, if one of those two guys don't start, the, the flow is a little off. So this is definitely the best 11. Yeah. And I remember the announcers at one point during the game, whether it was Dre Cordero or Matteo, were saying that, you know, it doesn't matter who Napoli brings off the bench because it really doesn't, the, the, the skill level, isn't dropped that dramatically. It's pretty level. Mm-hmm. So it's like you guys have so much depth coming off the bench there, which is amazing. Uh, so it's always going to be a heavyweight encounter in this one. Uh, interesting KG matchup. It was always a chess match, I think, especially in the first half uh, throughout the game, really. Uh, what we saw was Milan trying to be physical, against, especially against Havrashelia. Uh, we saw that obviously with a, a yellow card by uh, Simon Kiar taking him out, 18th minute just outside the box. Uh, David de Calabria also picked up a yellow card before halftime, but. Uh, Milan were intent on watching him and getting help with Salamakers uh, and then Benacer as well on the right-hand side. And for the most part, for both you gentlemen, I thought that the first half was very cagey, very close. If, if anything, Milan had probably a slight advantage, at least to me, in terms of possession uh, and maybe maybe clear scoring chances. But overall, pretty even first half. And I thought Milan were doing well for the most part physically, Frank. Uh, thoughts overall on the first half and how it was shaping up? Because obviously... It was, neither team wanted to make the mistake. And the winner of this game was going to, whoever made the most mistakes was going to win or lose, I should say. So thoughts on the first half? You know, I think when you look at it, um, 
I, I would give Milan the advantage in the first half with the way the game went. I mean, I think they they had Napoli under larger periods of pressure. The crazy thing about it is the limited pressure that Napoli put Milan under, they were very, very efficient with it. Either they were creating something. There was a big save, I think, uh, Mainyan save on Politano. And if it wasn't that, it was Farajkelia putting defenders in the book, um, Kiar and, and Calabria, as you mentioned. So, you know, on the one end, you want to sit there and say, yeah, Milan were, I mean, they, were, they, they, they moved the ball around beautifully. They created a lot of great chances. They, they certainly had more of the ball. They had more shots, more chances in the first half. I think they outshot Napoli 11-3 to in the first half. Um, the only shot on target for Napoli was the one from Politano, but it was what Napoli, just because Napoli had one shot on target, it's one of these strange things that they didn't, you know, they didn't need to put a lot of shots on target in the first half to, uh, demonstrate that they were there and demonstrate their <laughs> yeah. presence, you know, yeah. um, and the two yellow cards in the first half were very indicative of that. I think, the best players in that half, I'm going to go with the combination of Sandro Tonali and, and Ismail Benacer. Uh, Piotr Zielinski has been ripping it up all season. And we're going to, I want to, I'm going to ask you about that here when we get a quick Q&A going about Napoli, Rafa. But Zielinski has absolutely shredded his way through every game, you know, through every game so far. I mean, he's been outstanding and I kind of expected that from him once Fabian was, was leaving. I thought the double pivot of Tonali and Benacer was really effective in limiting his ability to create anything dangerous and his ability to really put his stamp on the game. This was Zielinski's poorest game, but I don't think that that's an indictment on Zielinski. I think that's a credit to the combination of Tonali and Benacer for keeping them quiet. Yeah, well, no, uh, my my rebuttal to that is um, I thought the I thought Milan did a really good job containing Lobotka, in my opinion. Like, I, like first half was all Milan, in my opinion. I I mean, I guess at, towards the end of the half, Napoli started showing some signs. Uh, took the possession from a fifty a fifty eight to a fifty two to forty eight. Um, and, uh, you know, Napoli started creating a little bit of chances at the end, but I think Nap Milan did a fantastic job of keeping Lobotka off the ball. That was, a, that was a key in the first half. Also containing Kvaraczkelia to a point, you know, Kvaraczkelia drawing the fouls on both Kier and Calabria, you know, to get the yellow cards, um, was a big tell telltale sign of how the match was going to go in the second half. You know, I, I was a little surprised to see them both come out at halftime, even on the yellow. Um, but I think that's to um, credit uh, Milan's knowledge that Kvaraczkeli is going to draw another foul and possibly a red. So that was good from them. But yeah, as far as Zielinski goes, I thought he had an all right match to like total in the first half. I don't think any of Napoli really got it going until really late. So, yeah, the double pivot of uh, Milan's was really effective against the midfield as a whole. I think there was one player. I'm going to have my rebuttal now. I think there's one player I think who got it going, and I think it was Alex Moret, a guy who's had a lot of criticism oh, yeah. uh, for you mm. guys. Came up huge in the first half, a couple big yep. saves. One on yes. one on Giroud, another one on, I believe it was Krunic, I believe it was. Uh, Krunic Inyo, if I want to call him. He was <laughs> wheeling and dealing in that first half and finding people 
uh, and Catalano was doing decent as well in the first half, but Moret had to come up big because your guys' offense was kind of stagnating at the, you know, because of Milan. And I thought Alex Moret really kept you guys in the game because had one of those gone in, it could have been a drastically different game. And I think Alex Moret deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. My my best players of the first half, uh, Alex Moret for me was the best player for Napoli, in my opinion, just because he kept them in the game. Uh, and then for Milan's side, I like what Krunic is doing. I thought Krunic was having an amazing game up to that point. And Calabria, which I mentioned in my halftime post, is that I thought, for the most part, Havrashelia was pocketed by Delevi Calabria. But after I posted, I'm thinking, you know, like, even though he didn't do anything, really, he drew two yellows, huge yellows that ended up costing Milan because Calabria comes out and Chiara come out. You know, obviously, you don't want to get the red like what Rafa says because he's going to draw those fouls. He may not score on you, but he's going to make you take him down because he will, you know, he'll find a way. And uh, he gets full credit for that, right? He didn't skinny shots or goals, whatever, but he definitely gets credit for those two uh, two fouls. So um, interesting, interesting first half over, overall. 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, we knew goals were going to come. We thought goals would come. I don't know. Man. We've, we, it wouldn't be surprised to see a 0-0 zero, zero game in this one. Uh, but as Rafa mentioned, two substitutions. Kalulu comes on. Sam and Kiara go off. And Kiara is not even fully healthy yet, so maybe that's part to do with it. Uh, and then Calabria coming out for deaths. Frank, when I saw these two people come in, um, Kalulu, I'm not so worried about. Death though, I was immediately worried. Not that Death is a bad player, but he doesn't have the experience or the defensive capability to defend against someone like a Havrashelia, who is a menace for anybody in the league, let alone a new guy like Death. What were your thoughts when you saw those guys come in? Oh, Pioli's comments after the game, he said that 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 Calabria's substitution was only the yellow card in part, but it sounded like he had a little muscular problem. Muscular injury, yeah. Yep. yep. So, uh, so we should clarify that. I mean, yeah, Kiara was, yeah, yellow card. Um, uh, he couldn't have, couldn't afford to keep him out there and have him get a second. Um, so, uh, so the substitutions, yeah, I mean, obviously Kalu is a natural replacement for Kiara and then you bring on Dest, which, okay, you've got to roll the dice here because Calabria is hurt. He's, you know, I mean, Calabria is hurt. He's got a yellow, you leave him out there. An injured play, a player who's got an even if it was a nagging problem, yeah, and he probably could have played the forty five the last forty five minutes. Chances are very very good that there's just that one moment where he would have arrived late enough, and he's out. Yeah, and, and Milan are down to ten. So it, it, it's a substitution that had to be made all around for a myriad of reasons. Um, the muscular problem, yes, the yellow card. Played a part, obviously. You, you at, at that point, you've got to roll the dice. And you know, Destin Kalulu don't have the experience that Calabria and Kiar do, but they have the athleticism, they have the pace, they have the ability to recover. Um, you know, if they do make mistakes, if they do miss tackles, they can they can regroup. Um, so it's it, it it's not a pretty situation for Milan by any stretch of the imagination, but one they just had to go with. Yes, 100%. But unfortunately for us, uh, for not for you, Rafa, but uh, my my tuition, intuition came to fruition, uh, and Mr. Des takes down Harashelia in the box, clear stone penalty. Yeah. Um, again, number 77 doing his thing. He's not necessarily getting shots on goal, but he's causing havoc. He gets taken down in the box. I mean, there's no question of the penalty for you, Rafa, I'm sure, right? Clear penalty. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no doubt. And Politano steps up 
Are you okay with Politano? I mean, he's been, I know he's been lights out from the penalty spot. Are you okay with him taking it? And obviously he scored. So I'm sure you're happy with that. I am okay with it. I think, uh, I think we were going towards um, Ossiman as our penalty taker. Um, I know that there was some talk about sharing the role between Ossiman and Kvartskelia on the, in the off season. Kvartskelia took one, Ossiman took one. Um, I don't know. I mean, Zielinski, he was, he was good for Liverpool's uh, penalty. Um, and then he wasn't for Rangers penalties. So yeah, he missed two against Rangers. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, Politano stepped up, took care of business in against Rangers and was called upon today to care of it today. I think we just need to find out who that guy is going to be for penalties because mm-hmm. for the longest time it was Insignia and Towards the end of Insignia's reign at Napoli, it was not as lights out as it used to be. And, um, you know, I think we're just kind of trying to figure that out. And Politano seems to be pretty decent at the penalty kick spot. You know, he slipped it right underneath Magnan today. Um, uh, uh, Rangers keeper had a hand on it, you know, in the last match, but it was strong enough to go in. So I think maybe it is Politano. I think I think he he's fit for the role. I think he's pretty composed at that spot and you know uh lucky for us we have a good penalty taker who hopefully hopefully is is fit uh, i know he limped off today but um you know i couldn't couldn't be happier if if it will be politano italian you know maybe he can take uh italy's penalties from now on too i know he got called up so we'll talk yeah. about that later too but yeah uh yeah re- really had the, the the penalty was a penalty uh our, our feed got knocked out. I think it might have been just feed, when the penalty got you know, happened. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Uh, it's funny because I'm t- watching with my cousin at, at our barbershop. Uh, you know, we closed up and watched the game. And uh, I said to him, I said, watch, we come back. It's one nothing. Somebody watch and, uh, you know, come back and it's a penalty. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just have a feeling for those things. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the way the second half started, I mean, Napoli opened up a bit, started attacking a little bit more, took took some control of the game, and then you know, Kvada did, like you said, Richard. Uh, you know, so, sometimes these guys in these roles, you know, if it's not gonna go in or if they're not gonna get clear shots on net, they need to be productive in other ways, and Kvada was yep. very much so. Yeah, uh, Frank, this game, not that it needed any goals because it was a fantastic game up to the the, the penalty, but. You always want to see how how Milan's going to react when something happens like that, right? Because you know, Napoli are very good once they get a lead to you know, build on that lead. We saw that against Liverpool. We saw that against Rangers, um, and 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 many times throughout the season so far. So, good reaction from Milan. A uh, goal of the week candidate. A lovely team goal that ended with Teo passing it to Olivier Giroud, making it one-one at that point. Big game player Olivier Giroud. Frank, um, talk about what you thought once a goal went in, how you felt the momentum if it was swinging in any way. Everything about this goal uh, is just outstanding. Um, just from Diaz finding De Ketelare, De Ketelare's pass to Teo is perfectly weighted. The thing that I want everybody to go back and look at the replay, and I like I, I like watching box runs. It's one of my one of my favorite things. As somebody that played forward when I played, I'm looking to see. The, I, I don't look at the guy with the ball getting ready to cross. I'm looking at what's going on in the box. And the thing that I saw immediately was Junior Macias sprinting to the near six um when he does that watch it again 
because he drags Mario Rui with him. Mm-hmm. And all Giroud does is he just kind of curls wide and over to the back, over to the back post where he's just and Macias's run gets Rui chasing him. Nobody accounts for Giroud on the play. And Giroud's wide open. Teo does a perfect job of picking him out. Giroud with a cool finish. I mean, I think there's I mean, it's just it's it's just it's a, a clinic on how to make runs in the box and how to confuse defenders, um, you know, and, uh, and it was a great goal. Uh, and I was thinking at the time that another goal was coming and that the, it was, there was more of a likelihood that it was going to come from Milan. Um, and sure enough, it happened. And, and this was, I, I mean, there's, there's so much to like about what happened on this goal. Yeah, it was a very good goal uh, and made it 1-1 and actually started going back and forth. I mean, it was a true heavyweight bout, I thought. Uh, and it's it's fitting that, you know, you talked about box runs and, and I, I too like to watch the box runs and someone on the Napoli side did something very, very good on on their goal. Uh, Cholito Simeone, what he does, watch him catch the ball or catch, catch the ball with his chest, draws in three Milan players, holds them off, finds his open man, and makes the run into the box in front of uh, Ficayo Tamori, uh, and then puts a header, a beautiful header away. Uh, who got the assist? Mario Ryu, right? Uh, Rafa, yeah, what a goal yes, by that. Sir. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, sh- a real striker's goal. You know, uh, this is what we needed. You know, we needed a guy like <laughs> Cholito Simeone to come in and um, basically be our backup, you know, um, instead of Pitania, like Pitania in that role last season, the season before, uh, you know, he, he, I'm not saying he got some good goals. He got some big goals. Pitania did, but it were very few and far between. But when you have a guy like Simeone sitting on the bench, a guy who like, you know, the CBS crew would said scored 17 goals last season, had a career season. Yeah. You know, this, this guy's got the potential to come off the bench and score like two or three goals off the bench alone. Um, just the right place at the right time. He knows where to be. What a ball to Mario. I think it, I think he ended up setting it up to Mary for, for Mary to set up yeah. to him. Um, yeah. Gives the pass off and then just gets himself in the box. And that's what you have to do. You have to get in the box so often as, and even once or twice in the first half where it happens where like, like Raspadori, you know, and I'm not knocking Raspadori. I like Raspadori. I think he's fine for this club, but, him and other players in the past, just just not in the box, not where they're supposed to be, when there's a rebound or when there's like a you know a, um um like a a ball played you know to the middle and no one can find uh you know the the striker in the middle, and Simeone is that guy that's going to get in the middle. Even today, uh, there, there was that nice ball. I think it was from Marui to uh, oh no Zielinski's ball to Politano. Uh, Politano on the far end in the yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's got the CBS feed. There he is. There he is. Yeah, we got to see. My internet is terrible, guys. I'm sorry. But anyway, the the ball Zielinski sent in to Politano where he headed it into Manyan. And Manyan, you know, stuck his hand out. And had there been Raspadori, you know, lacking, you know, slacking a little bit behind, had he been a few steps forward, that would have caused some sort of trouble. I'm not saying he would have scored it, but it could have, you know, could have made it a little more interesting where Simeone is sending the ball into Marie-Rie. Marie-Rie's crossing it in, and Simeone is right there for it. And uh, when that ball went into the back of the net, it was just like a, a sigh of relief because I thought that a 1-1 would have been the a good result. 
you know, a, a fair result. Sure. Um, but you know, when you get the winner, it's just so much better, right? Isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. And and I, I, hate, I, I hate to rub it in your guys' face. No, no, it's no. all good. It's all it's good. Deserved. You know, it's deserved. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's I what think, he said. We got, we got, we got thirty-one more of these to go, Rafa. So. That's true. It's not over by any long shot. But again, <laughs> like I said, a one-one would have been a, 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 you know, had he not scored that goal, I think I would have been just fine with the one-one, based on the way both teams played. Milan dominated the first half. Napoli took a little bit more control of the second half. So I think it would have been a fair result. But that's what's concern- so good about these games too, is because like one-one is a fair scoreline for both teams, but it's so much better when one team wins. Because uh, it's you know both heavyweights really going at it. Right. Does it really hurt either team if one of them loses? No, but uh, it does make big statements if you win, especially if you went on the road like you guys did. And so, mm-hmm. um, fantastic bout, Frank. I thought um, both teams showed a lot. Milan obviously put a lot of pressure at the end of the game, trying to get that equalizer in there, but uh, they fall just short. Talk about I, talk about how you felt the game went overall. I, I want to come back to the Simeone goal, and I, I okay. First of all, let me let me make a disclaimer here. Um, good teams are going to catch when their opponents are disconnected, and 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 Milan defensively were disconnected on that goal. Um, there was I be, I thought there was a clearance that only got as far as Mario Rui, and the back four and Tomori in particular just stayed in the penalty area. There wasn't a, you know, there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't a demand either from Mignon or any kind of communication to just start stepping forward um, and start squeezing that space down again. Um, so I think, and, and Pioli even made this point said we were all over the, you know, everybody was all over the place on the, on the winning goal for Napoli. Um, the back four, you know, Tomori's sitting just about on the penalty spot, maybe just behind it, um, all the way to the midfielders are stretched out. I mean, everybody's just stretched, and nobody thinks to just start compacting and getting towards the ball a little bit, which is what I would have liked to have seen once that ball started making its way back out to Mario Rui. And I don't know if it was fatigue um, or, or what it was, but Napoli takes advantage of it. Mario Rui puts a – Brilliant! That's a brilliant cross, yeah. and Raspadori gets gets to it, beats Tamori to it, and glances it perfectly. So, you know, it's 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 a credit to Napoli because they're a good team, and they take You know, a good team is going to take advantage when they can catch an opponent when they're disconnected. And Milan were a little disconnected defensively on that goal. Now, I could say the same thing about the the Milan goal, though, too. You know, because Napoli were a little disconnected in defense. Well, they over cha- uh, they they over they all over chased on on they Milan's all over chased they all yeah. over chased that left side, yeah, yeah. and left Giroud wide open. So, yeah. you know, the 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 first defensive mistake Napoli makes, Milan puts it in. So yeah. I think I think you know, and it's funny because after the match, CBS asked, uh, you know, I think it was Poppy Miller who asked uh, Grella who. Um, like, you know, after this match, are these the best two teams in Serie A? And he, uh, he goes, uh, I don't know about that, but, and everybody, I can imagine everybody watching is like, are you out of your mind? These, yeah, are, the these are the two best, these are the two best teams in Italy yeah. by a distance. I mean, you can distance. talk about Udinese and their little run, and you can talk about Atalanta and they don't have any Europe, but these right here are the best two teams in Serie A right now, bar none, yeah. Yeah. no Inter, no Juve, no Lazio, no Roma. It's Napoli and Milan. That's it. This was a tremendous display by both teams. 
Okay. You know what? Milan played really, really well in this game. There's really not a lot you can look at with Milan. All things considered, you have Leal's out of the picture, a huge source of what you do going forward, and you still manage to score a really nice goal. You still get, I think, 22 shots in this game. Um, For sure. You know, generate a lot of chances and still still manage to put Napoli under pressure. I think the preparation and the game plan by Pioli was excellent. Um, You know, Napoli made one more play than Milan did. That's what this came down to. Two good teams having to go at each other. um, And Napoli made one more play, finished one more chance than Milan did, which, you know, kind of sounds cliche, but that's really what, that's really the way you got to look at it. Either team could have won this game. You would have, you would not have argued with either team getting the three points. And you certainly wouldn't have argued with either team uh, sharing the points in this game too. So Pioli said it best. Pioli said it best. He said, I pissed off because we played well. You should never lose when you play well. And right. I mean, and both teams played well. And just like you said, one team made one more play than the other team. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. My junior, my, my junior year, we lost the state championship after outshooting our opponent 20 to 2. And we didn't score. We lost on penalties. So that's football. That's this sport. That's, yeah. what, that's how crazy this sport can be. You can play well, but still make enough mistakes to lose the game. So it, it, you know, it's, it, it happened it's twice it to Napoli against Spezia in the last two seasons before yeah. this past yeah. Napoli Spezia game at the Maradona Napoli, Napoli would get 20 to 30 shots on net to Spezia's two to four and one nil Spezia, you know, or two, one Spezia. And it's, it's frustrating and it happens, but like you said, you know, the, the um, it's not even the better team won. This was a, a match, a match of the two best teams, and uh, we'll we can't wait to see what happens at the Maradona when we play each other again. And uh, speaking of Pioli saying what he said, uh, when you have a manager like Spalletti, who wasn't on the touchline for this, he was suspended, so Domenichini took his place. Mm-hmm. But Domenichini came out and said in the in the post match press was was the first thing Spalletti wanted to talk to him about talking to the players is what they missed instead of praising them on the performance <laughs> and how good they did. Like, like I want to talk about what we, the opportunities we missed and yeah. what went wrong instead of sure. what went right. And that is to me very, very important going forward. Cause you got a team that's top of the table that just beat the reigning champions for their first loss of the season. And you're not happy about it, you know? So yeah. it's yeah. a testament to Spalletti and to Pioli. And their first loss in uh, Milan's first loss in months. First time they lost three in a, a row to time. Napoli That's two in right. a long time. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when you really think about it. So, um, you know, and, and to follow up, you know, you know, to follow up on, the, on some of this. And the other thing that I saw, you know, and I, I, I posted it, I said, these are clearly the two best teams in Italy. That's the thing that I'm really, that's the one thing I take out of this game more than anything, yeah. you know, and, and, of course, you know, Milan Twitter, Napoli Twitter have to get into my responses. Well, we didn't have Leal. It's, well, we didn't have Osimhen. Yeah, exactly. You didn't need either of them. I mean, yeah, really. I mean, I, and, right. and, you know, nobody nobody missed one. Neither team missed one more than the other, the way this game shaped out. You probably could make the argument that Napoli might have missed Osimhen a little bit, especially with Raspadori starting and the way Raspadori played. 
uh, to Michael Lisi made the point. He said, uh, I didn't even know Raspadori was out there until they said his name, like in the start of the second half or something That's like true. that. So, yeah. um, you know, that, okay, maybe. Um, but Milan carved out attacks without Leao's involvement, you know. So, you know, if there was anything here, maybe a slight edge to the idea that Napoli probably missed Alcimen more than Milan missed Leao in this game, the way it played out. So, sure. um, you know, so stop, stop with, uh, well, this guy wasn't here. That guy wasn't here. Spalletti wasn't on the touchline. I mean, stop. I mean, how yeah, about doesn't just matter. Pre- it was still match of the round. Either yeah. Way. It yeah. was match yeah. of the round and it was, it was what everybody's going to talk about for the next two weeks. So. Yeah. And, and, and appreciate that the two best teams in Italy put on an incredible performance, uh, put on a great game. One of the best games of the season to date. Um, and 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 a and a good game to take us into the international break. Yeah, and there's two players I want to two players want to focus in on Napoli before we move on. Um, first, Chilito Simeone, like like you mentioned, Rafa, how he's such an upgrade from Petania. He does so much, right? Not only does he hold up the ball very well, he drew out three. He drew out both center backs from Milan, Kalulu and Tamori. You know, and what's his name, um, Tonale, all out of position. That kind of started the chaos of why everybody was so all over the place, and that's what kind of led to the goal. And then my beast of the match, I don't know if he was your beast of the match, but Mario Rui, what a fantastic <laughs> game. He started out slow in the game and got better and better and better, and then that assist was just the, the cherry on top. Talk to us about how uh, Mario Rui really came and almost dominated this game, honestly, the way, as the game went on. I love how you use the beast of the match reference, Richard. That, that was gold. I love it. Um, truth be told, Right now, our nominations for Beast of the Match, they will be uh, Beast of the Match will be unveiled tomorrow night on the Napoli Rant, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, I believe 8.30, somewhere Nice plug, that. nice plug. Yeah, thank you. I don't have to do it later. <laughs> no, nah, I'll do it later still. But anyway, uh, Beast of the Match nominations right now for us are, um, and Ralph Bizarro still hasn't seen the match. He's got to come home from work and watch it. But I told him, I said, listen, it's it's either Meret or it's Mario Rui, because in my opinion, Mario Rui played the best game he has played for Napoli this season so far, probably in, in quite a while. Um, he was getting in there defensively. He was, he was really yeah. a nuisance yeah. to Milan defensively. And he, he had some really good ball, like wins. He had some really good passes and that assist just kind of sealed the deal for me. You know, um, he, he really is uh, so different from when he was sort of like being like the subject of banter with Napoli fans. Mario has really stepped up and, and he plays with a hundred percent heart and, and there's nothing more you can ask for to give your all, you know, if you have an off game and you gave your all, we can respect that, but he gives his all every single game and he deserves a beast of the match nomination. Like I said, so does Medet. Medet started off this season where we all wanted him hanged and and tossed out to sea. And he has regained his confidence uh, by becoming the number one. Every time there was an opportunity for Medet to have the number one, something would happen. He'd get injured. He'd he'd botch a play. And then here comes Ospina, and Ospina saves the day. And it was like that between – Benita, uh, sorry, Benitas, uh, Ancelotti, Gattuso, and Spalletti of last season. 
But now, without Ospina, without having secured um, Kaylor Navas or Kepa, which was ridiculous, uh, Medet has become the number one unquestionably. And you have a guy like Sidigu, who is a mentor anyway, and Medet's mentor um, on the national team, you know, fellow uh, Euro 2020 winner. Um, he's got all the confidence in the world now. And those saves that he pulled out in the first half – and, and a couple of, of plays. It's also with his feet, his footwork, his distribution, his wherewithal. It's just gotten so much better over these seven games in the league and the two in the Champions League. I fully believe that this guy just needed that assurance that he's going to be the number one. And now he is 100% the number one. And I'm so happy we stuck with him. So for me, it was between Rui and Medet. Uh, I'd probably, if you ask me, go with Medet uh, with uh, with Mario Rui. But uh, yeah, man, uh, just an incredible performance from those two guys. I think. Frank, any other standouts in the game? Kvaratskhelia was fouled three times. Calabria yellow card. Kiar yellow card. Dest penalty. I mean, at the only other contribution to the game from Kavaratskhelia was one off-target shot. So we're talking about a guy that does not need to be productive in ramping up shots and crosses and creating chances and scoring goals to have an influence on the game. You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy like all of the fouls that he drew had a significant impact on, on the, you know, had a significant impact on the game. You know, two of them put guys in the book. The third one won a penalty. That's, I've never seen that before. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the Rui call. I, I thought Rui's a guy, when you look at him, you're just kind of like, yeah, he, he, he's one of these fullbacks that, okay, what he does going forward, he can cross the ball, you know, his technique's really good and, you know, he can create some things and that sort of thing. But what does he offer defensively? He, he seems like a guy you can go at and he seems like a guy you can get through. But he he was firm today. I mean, he won tackles. He he won the free ball, you know, and things like that. So 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that call, um, you know, and then I think, uh, you know, on the Milan side, like I, I thought that Benesser was the best player. Uh, in this game for Milan altogether. I thought that, you know, his role in, you know, he had to wear a bunch of different hats. He also created five chances in this game, but he, um, he, he helped, he helped try to cover when Kvaric Kalia was running. He had to cut out passing lanes whenever, whenever Zielinski was trying to become a presence or Lobotka to your point, Rafa. Uh, and then when he won the ball, started the play. Um, you only got an assistant Kalulu's post. Also yes. Late in the game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the 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 one with Kalulu hitting the post. So, you know, I thought that 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 Benacer was the best player for Milan. Um, I thought that Rui was the best player for Napoli, um, and uh, it was man, I, I hell of a game. Sad that Milan didn't win it, but um, I have a soft spot for Napoli, so I'm happy for you, Rafa. <laughs> so. Thank you. Um, I have a soft but, spot for Milan as well. So, and you guys know that. I think I've said that before here. Yep. Um, I really do. I really do. I, I have a lot of fans, uh, fr- friends who are fans, and 
a lot of people I respect and regard in this business that are Milan fans. And, um, you know, if this was 1987 to 1990, I, I you know, we could be talking a different story. I stand <laughs> yes, Milan. we could. Yes, we could. I, I couldn't stand Milan back then. Uh, it's funny because Henry Bell and I were talking about it today where he said, you know, this is this is the Rafa. He anytime he sees us playing against each other, he's, he's, this is the Rafa grudge match because he knows how much I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> that 1980s 1990s milan team you know and then you know i grew up to appreciate the game a little more and uh appreciate milan a lot a lot more so it's just because it seemed like Berezi and maldini would just beat maradona within an inch of his life and never get booked for it <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true they never got booked for taking him out man he maradona was uh uh those days, I mean, I love watching tape of those days. It's different so time. Great. Yeah, different time <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, Mercy. So let's do a quick Q, Q and A on on Napoli here, Rafa. Um, I think you've listened to our podcast. I've said it multiple times, and I think we kind of talked about this. I mean, a lot of other, like the the the, the general. Calcio programs, okay, the English-speaking Calcio programs. We're all getting ready to call out Kvaritz Kalia as the breakout player um, of this Serie A season. And I don't argue with anybody that wants to say that, okay? My whole point was, and I said this way back in our preview, you know, is I saw him play before he came to Napoli. Mm-hmm. I saw him play for Georgia um, my my gambling habits made me watch Georgia. I can't remember who they played. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, okay, I can't name another guy on Georgia except I know that his last name ends in V-I-L-I in all likelihood. And I'm not trying to say that to be, you know, I'm not trying to say that to, to profile Georgians. I'm just, that's just, whenever I look at a Georgia lineup, that's just, what I'm drawn to when I see their last names. Now, Kvaritz sure. Kalea um, is playing Kva- for Georgia. Is a Kvaritz Kalea. The- Kalea. Thank you. Kvaritz Kalea. Okay. I don't worry. I, it's I, okay. I, 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 it's okay. I butcher a do bunch you know, of names. <laughs> do you know the worry I had when I when he signed him? And I was like, <laughs> wouldn't he? When he scores the first goal at the Maradona. What's the crowd? What's the crowd gonna do when they have to yell his name out? That's one of the first things. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So well, let's just Kvara because he said that for sure. Kvaradona. Okay. <laughs> national teams, better national teams, know he's the man. Play, prepare to deal with him. Prepare to try to take him out of a game or try to make him a non-factor, but he still is productive, you know, drawing fouls, creating chances, crosses, goals. He he just, you know, he can load up the proverbial stat sheet. So when he came to Napoli, I sat there and I said, it's not going to surprise me that he's going to be really good because now you got him on the left. You got Politano Lozano on the right. You got Osiman up front. He's going to be surrounded by talent. You can't just key in on him now. He's going to go and be the man. So I, I wasn't, I'm not particularly surprised at the impact that he's had since coming over. Um, but I'd like to get your input from a, my, my whole, my thought was, and Richard will test, Richard will support this. Um, 
the once it was known that Fabian was going to go to PSG, I said, Pietro Zielinski is going to step up in a big way. He is going to take command of things. And while everyone's going to talk about Varadona, and rightfully so, Pietro Zielinski is going to have a huge piece of what's going on with this thing, and he has so far. So I just want to start by asking your opinion. Varadona first, we'll, we'll call him that. <laughs> to make it to make it easy, and then you know Zielinski, um, you know, do you share my sentiment that this is the impact you expected from him once Fabian was gone? So, as far as Quadrascalia, Quadadona, Quada, whatever you want to call them, um, the Georgia Peach is what I like to call them. There you go. Uh, I like that. <laughs> the Georgia Peach. I like that. You like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the game you're thinking of is the one against North Macedonia where they beat them 3-0. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, Macedonia having just, per, you know, performed in the Euro and, um, you know, got themselves a win in the Euro too. And uh, then beating Italy in the World Cup playoff, um, you know, here comes Georgia and Georgia just completely dismantles them. And it was a large part due to Kvaratskhelia. Um Yeah, I had watched him too a little bit when the rumblings were that we were going to sign him. And I fully 100% thought that he's going to come in here and light this league up. I mean, I've been on various, you know, my show, other shows, you know, um, I'm asked by a lot of people, you know, on Twitter and, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I just, everything, every time I was asked that, I'd say the same thing. This guy's going to light this league up right away, right away. No questions asked. And, you know, a lot of people gave me some crap about it saying, you know, he's got a, he's got a, you know, this is not the Georgian league. This is not the, you know, Russian league. This is, you know, the Italian league with Serie A. We're going, you know, he's got a, you know, integrated, integrate himself into the mix. He can't just come on to a team and light things up, this and that. And look what he's done. Look what he's done. He's already August City Out Player of the Month. Um, he is a clear better replacement to Insigne. And that's not a knock on Insigne either because you could definitely see the, the downward slope that Insigne was in. Even when I praised his performances last year when not many people were, you could definitely tell that there is a rejuvenation at that on that side of the pitch. And um, I I fully expected the start from Kvaratskhelia. I didn't expect Napoli to be so dynamic along with the team, with Kvaratskhelia. I didn't really expect us to be in this position. I thought that we'd be somewhere around first place, maybe second, third, you know, uh, I had finishing in third at the end of the season, um, a, a third with a, cl a close fourth top four for sure. But I didn't think that it was going to be like this, like hmm. with, with the addition of Kim with the, you know, with the loss of all the major players that we had, I would, I'll admit I was a little concerned myself, even though I knew Napoli replaced well, Napoli are very good when it comes to scouting and developing and bringing in the right players and spending the right amount of money and all that stuff. I was also under the impression, Oh, wow. Look, look at what Roma did. Inter is still Inter. Milan are the champions. Juventus got who? You know, and it's like it was a little scary 
Lazio made a lot of really good moves. It was a little scary at first, but when Kvaratskhelia came in game one and lit things up and Napoli put five past Verona and then four past Monza, and then just this attitude is – it's a different attitude. Kvaratskhelia plays with a different attitude mm-hmm. than, than Lorenzo Insigne has ever played. And you can see that so evident in the first seven games of the league. Now, as far as Zielinski goes, I always I always knew Zielinski to be one of the best midfielders in the league. And I never once doubted Zielinski having a really good season this season. Last season was due to COVID, in my opinion, and nobody can change my mind. He got COVID. He came back. He was not the same. And... You're right. The focus was on Fabian Ruiz a little bit more. Fabian Ruiz played really well for us last season. But Fabian leaving or not, I always knew Zielinski was going to come around and have a season like he should. And to me, two seasons ago, he was midfielder of the season. I think they might have given it to Barella uh, two seasons ago. But in my opinion, he was midfielder of the season. Double-digit goals and assists. And just a contr- a contributor, yeah. um, and he's back to it. He's one hundred percent back to it. Um, I don't think. I think. I think the the reason Zielinski has so much, um, you know, riding on him and, and positively th- this season is also due to Lobotka and Angisa's help in the midfield. Without Lobotka and Angisa being so helpful. Whereas um, Zielinski doesn't really have to worry too much about covering for any one of them, I think that makes Zielinski just frees him up in the in the in the park and allows yeah. him to get a little bit more forward and allows him to play make and allows him to dictate. And I just think it's it's uh, it's his natural ability coming to for, back to fruition after having a break in the summer mm. and saying, okay, here here we go, new season. And it sucks that he's got to uh, he's got to go to the World Cup in the summer. And I hope to God that nothing happens to Zealand. <laughs> yeah, I, I pray every single day that these players that are leaving come back healthy. There's a lot is obviously riding on Havrashelia and Peter Zelinski, obviously. And I think another person who is key to this team, you mentioned him briefly earlier, um, is well. It's a guy who's replacing a world-class player. Kaldu Koulibaly leaves, leaving a big hole in the defense, right? Rahmani's played okay up until this point. Uh, but then you got this new guy, Minjai Kim, and he jumps in. He's a monster of a defender. He showed today he's very good, making a huge save on, I think it was Salamakers or somebody or, or Brahim Diaz at the end of the game. Um, he's a pretty legit defender. Not saying he's Koulibaly. He's probably not going to replace mm-hmm. him. But talk, us, talk to us how he... And the partnership with Rahmani has really blossomed so far through his first seven games, both in, the, in Serie A and then Champions League. Yeah, uh, the first couple of games, I saw a little bit of communication lapse between the two of them. But I really think that they've found their foothold. And Kim and Jay has just been a revelation as well. I mean, just, you know, 6'5" tall gets in gets in offense gets gets up there you know distributes the ball really well wins a lot of balls a lot of aerial duels when wins them a lot um scored two goals from from corner kicks already um you know you couldn't ask for a better start when it comes to you know uh, listen Koulibaly of all the players that left 
Koulibaly hurt me the most because I have, you know, I mean, I'm not the only guy. Uh, Napoli fans all know how valuable Koulibaly was to us and could still have been to us today. Like, I think, you know, you, 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 Keep Koulibaly, you have the same results. But I don't think, and I, 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 I had a feeling, you know, Kim would would be integrated well, and and you know, like I said, we replace well. But I was not expecting the play that Kim has provided for us in re, in you know in place of Koulibaly. He really has stepped up, and again, like you said, Richard. There's no comparison to Koulibaly and what he's done for this club yet. But I think he's on his way. And I I really think he's made a really good impression on Napoli fans so far. So, yeah, I mean, him and Rachmani are, are, are really, really gelling right now. And I think the, whole, the defense as a whole is really just, just the best defense in the league, in my opinion. You know, managers tend to have, I mean, sometimes it just like with their destinations and then they just have this, it seems like they go somewhere and then they have a shelf life and then it gets stale and then they're gone. You know, as Milan fans, that was a serious question that was being asked about at the time that Pioli was appointed. Cause you looked at all of his stops, Lazio, he does, they have this burst, they do great. They qualify for the champions league and then they struggle. And then he's out of there. Enter, he gets them to play to a certain level. And then all of a sudden it gets stale and he's out of there. You know, Fiorentina, he has to deal with the death of Davide Astori. He's trying to, you know, work them through all of that. And he's out of there. Now he gets to Milan, a place where now he can hang his hat. You know, Spalletti feels like it's kind of been the same um, resume for him. You know, first time around at Roma. Okay, it went went well, but then eventually it just got old and and, they, and, and he was out of there. And then I think he went he went to Zenit. Um and then that didn't work out, you know, that didn't work out so well. That lasted a couple of years. And he comes back for Roma 2.0 and then Inter. And, you know, it gets stale along the way. Is is this where – is Napoli where Spalletti can hang his hat? Because I kind of see some parallels here. Um, Pioli is backed by a far more competent back room than any manager prior to him had. And it feels like – management at Napoli have have their house in order. Okay, they sell when it's time to sell. They move on when it's time to move on. And they replace with good players. And as a result, has Spalletti finally found his home and found where he can hang his hat and be there for a longer period of time? I do think so, yeah. I I know that Spalletti has a reputation of coming in and kind of – changing things up a little bit you know he came back to Roma and you know before you know it Totti's gone he went to Inter and before you know it Icardi's gone and um I think I think what happened with Spalletti is he came into a Napoli team that was unlike any other team he walked into I think um this team was a decade of togetherness and brotherhood and um, you know, camaraderie and it was at the tail end of it. And, you know, Spalletti, in my opinion, uh, gets things done for his teams. He gets, he gets his back office to, 
you know, his front office, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, to make the moves that he needs to suit his play, you know, to suit his formation, to suit his style. And, you know, they do it and they're unapologetic about it. You know, Dries Mertens, sorry, you can't play as much as you want to play, buddy. You know, Koulibaly, sorry, we can't pay you that money, but we have this guy who's going to come in and play just as good as you have, and we're going to pay him a third of what you got, you know? And I know a lot of that is 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 office stuff, but Spalletti is a, a very big influence on that too. You know, he he's... He's taken what he has, and he's really flourished at Napoli. And I, I do believe that this, you know, this is this is the place for him to to express what he wants to express with the backing of of uh, you know of of a staff of a back staff. Um, you know, he might have felt a little handcuffed at Roma when it comes to guys like Totti De Rossi and, mm. and whatever the management situation was there. You know, Palotta, I think, was the was the guy in charge at that point. And then at Inter, right, there was the whole mess with the uh the the the, the Chinese ownership then, you know, and, and and everything that was going on there. So w- when you have a little bit of stability, and a lot of Napoli fans will probably argue with me when when I say stability you know, as, as a, as a office management, you know, um, when you come in to have stability and like, you know, outright goals and, and the backing of these guys like ADL and of, um, Juntoli, then you have a method of success here. You know, uh, Napoli have not, this isn't an overnight thing. Napoli have been Mm. in Europe for the past 12 seasons so Spalletti coming into a team that's already really good that just needs a few things to to work itself out like mentality like you know uh a good bench um some rest when we need it you know a lot of these guys played so many minutes that they didn't have enough gas in the tank at the end of it and now we have suitable replacements on the bench for every position and Spalletti is the guy guiding the ship and I was not on the Spalletti train when he was hired. I was very, very sympathetic to Gattuso. I wanted Gattuso to stay, and I I couldn't have been more wrong. I think Spalletti came in with the knowledge that he has and a winning mentality that he has, and now it's got to stick around to the end of the season because we saw last season it didn't work out. Once again, goes back to the mentality and to the um, – what am I looking at? The stamina of the team, mm-hmm. and then not just on the pitch. The team – in here, in the heart, in, in, in the, you know, in the locker room, you you need, you need to have this attitude all season long. You can't falter for a month in winter at the end of the season. You just can't do that. So, so hopefully this season Spalletti's got it down with these players. Now I'm not going to expect too, too much from it, but Hey, it's going good right now. Isn't it? It is. It is. And uh, we know your feelings on how possibly the season could turn out. You mentioned Europe, been in Europe for a long time. What are your realistic expectations for Europe? Obviously, you're top of the group right now. You're like two games in, but you got to win the group at this point. But how far can Napoli go, do you think, with trying to win a Scudetto too? Do you, eventually, which is the focus going to be? I would imagine the Scudetto, but what do you think? And you see, and that's and that's the thing that's happened. Ever since Juventus, uh, you know, their reign has ended, you've got teams that, uh, no longer, you know, are in Europe 
that end up winning the Scudetto. Inter two seasons ago, Milan last season. They were knocked out of Europe at the group stage, right? Um, I feel like those teams, with all due respect to you guys, needed that, needed that sole focus of the Scudetto to, to make sure they won that Scudetto. I don't know if Milan win the Scudetto had they not been, you know, out of Europe altogether. Um, the goal is to try to go as far as you can in both, isn't it? You know, yep. and, and, and maybe last season I would have said, you know what, it's probably best that we don't make it out of the Europa League group stages. Maybe the season before that as well. Um, but this season, I really, really do think you can see Napoli making it to the knockouts and giving it a vile, like a vile, uh, a viable push for the Scudetto. Um, I would be really happy just getting out of the round of 16 and into okay. the quarterfinals because okay. Napoli have never done that before in the Champions League. Hmm. Um, and as far as the Scudetto goes, I mean, we all want to win that. Like that's right. that's priority number one. Right. Um, all right. And and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think we have the depth and we have a new mentality to make sure we go as far as we can in every competition. Okay. Excellent stuff. Um, excellent stuff. And an excellent win for your team for Napoli. Um, you know, now they're uh, top of the table um, on goal difference over Atalanta who we shall uh, talk about now in their match against Roma. That's the best transition I can do there, guys. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was good enough, Frank. Okay. All right. I'll just run through the lineups. Roma went with Rui Patricio, Mancini, Smalling, Ibanez in the back, Celic, and Spinazzola, the wingbacks, Cristante and Matic in midfield. It ended up being Zaniolo and Pellegrini supporting Tammy Abraham. Paulo Dybala was supposed to start but got hurt in warm-ups. I think that's what I saw. Uh, so he pulled out. Um, so that ended up being the team there. Atalanta side, Juan Musso in goal, um, Rafael Taloy, Meri Demaral, uh, Martin Daron across the back, Hatibor and Mela in the wingback positions, Scalvini and Kutminers in the middle, uh, Hoyland uh, flanked by Ederson and uh, Pasolic. Um is Gasparini just crazy? I mean, when you look at that lineup, Richard, I mean, is that what you thought? Yeah, but, you know, what we've seen this year is that they've switched the mentality. Uh, not even, even if you don't include this game, they've gone to a much more defensive mentality this year. Uh, and so, yes, even from the beginning, he's always had these crazy lineups and they've always worked. It's for some reason they always work. Um, I was, when I saw the two lineups for this game come out, I thought, oh, Roma should have that easily because I'm, confused with these lineup choices by by Gasparini but they seem to work for the most part what do you think Rafa I mean we were I mean for year for the last few years we had this catchphrase here at City I said down we said Atalanta doing Atalanta things that started here um when they had Papu Gomez and, and Ilicic and then they you know they had all of this wonderful attacking play and they just went out and buried everybody in their path and winning four or five nil. And now all of a sudden is Atalanta doing Atalanta things mean, okay, you get the ball. We're going to, def- we're going to sit back and defend and we're going to, we're going to just, we're, we're going to get the one that we need. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it, it seems it's, it's, it's a complete to me. 
I, I want to get your thoughts on what you see when you watch Atalanta play because it's like a 180-degree shift from what we've been used to for the last few years. It's really it's really fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you you, you got to – like you mentioned, you got a team that – you know, we're, we're ruthless in attack and now they can defend better than almost anybody in the league and, yep. uh, and defend a win, a defend a lead, you know, and, um, gosh, you got to give credit to that guy. Don't you Jack Gasparini, man, you just do as much as I don't like him as a person, you really have to give him f- some real credit. You know, yeah. this guy knows how to manage a club. He really does. And he's another case of managers finding their spot. You know, he's been around also uh, everywhere, you know, and yeah. um, he's got a lot of really good players at his disposal. But you you really thought that that would be one of the teams that just kind of fell off the face of the earth again, right? Yeah. They didn't finish in a European spot last season. They really struggled. I know Zapata was hurt a lot of the season. I think he's still hurt, right? Uh, or was re-injured. Or, or I don't know why he wasn't on the on the field today. I, I, as far as I could tell, he, he might be injured. But um, I could be wrong. But just... You know, looking at a lineup like that, not seeing players like Zapata, Ilicic, you know, uh, 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 Malinovsky, you know, uh, on the starting 11. And you're like, wow, this team's going to play Roma. But, you know, hey, they've been doing it all season so far. And now they played Roma. And here you go, 1-0. And the goal coming from a, a incredibly unlikely source and the ability to protect that lead. It's just a new thing we've seen from this team that we haven't seen much before. I don't know how much of that has to do with no Europe as well, but I mean, you look at players they brought in like Lookman and you know, uh, this, this, this other guy that Hojland that I can't even pronounce his name. Hojland. Hojland. Yeah. Hojland. And you know, Juan Musso coming in too and being a little shaky. I think last season was a little shaky, right? Yeah. But but now it just looks like these guys really have it under control. Darun is playing great again. Um, Coop Miners, my goodness, Coop Miners yeah, is having good. a fantastic start to the season. Yeah. And and yeah, just just a lot of really good quality everywhere. I think Demiral is a great player. I also think uh, Pasalic is a great player. Like yeah. I just, I just think that this team has what it takes to make it back to Europe this season. Uh, are they going to hold this, you know, you know, advantage, at, you know, at the top of Serie A all season long? Probably not. But for sure, they're on the right track. You know, again, I question what might be if they were in Europe, but you know, yeah. they don't have that, so. It seems like Gasparini is almost taking a page out of the old Mourinho handbook where it's like, we'll play def- I have the talent, but I'm going to play defensive and you try to beat me and I'll, ca- I'll get you on the counterattack and we'll win one nothing, two nothing. We'll be fine with that. Um, it's really interesting. And it's not, I mean, it's almost out of the blue. We saw glimpses of this when they may have that deep Champions League uh, run many years, a couple years ago where they lost to the PSG. Uh, similar in Champions League they did, but I agree with you. Like, would they have the same form if they were in Europe? And then two, you would expect this kind of form if you were in Europe because you want to play a little bit defensive. You don't want to tire your guys out, but sure. there is no Europe right now. So I don't know. It's working for them. Casperini is a genius if it works out for him. But uh, yeah, it's certainly odd. The lineup choices and then the complete 180 and what we're used to with the Atalanta doing Atalanta things. So yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. 
because when you, I mean, we've seen teams that didn't have Europe to deal with and qualify, and they go out and they 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 played a little more freely. Fiorentina is the example from last year. You know, they 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 played a more attacking brand and qualified for Europe that way. But at the same time, Italiano was also willing to be flexible tactically when he had to be in certain games. If he had to defend more, he he was willing to bite the bullet and do that. He wasn't. We thought Gasparini all this time was just this stubborn manager that had a specific way he wanted to do things. And with no Europe, you would have thought, okay, they're just going to come out and just pile it on everybody they play. And they just haven't done that. And they have been a much better team defensively. Musso looks a lot better in the goal. Um, You know, they get the goal through Giorgio Scalvini. And let's just add him to the pile of guys that, Atalanta dig up and nobody else thinks anything of them, but then they just excel uh, when they play for Ladea. Um, and then, you know, assisted by another guy that, you know, I I would not have given, I would not have spared a thought for Rasmus Hoyland if he wasn't playing for Atalanta. Uh, <laughs> but here he is and uh, he sets him up. Scalvini finishes. Atalanta go ahead 1-0 in the 35th minute. Um, Abraham missed a wide open chance. In fact, Roma had five chances on target. Musso made five saves in this game. Um, Atalanta go on winning 1-0. Richard, does it just come down to finishing now for Roma? 100%. 100%. This is We've been saying this like week in and week out like they've been almost almost clearly the best team on the pitch every time creating chance after chance. Sometimes up to almost 20 chances a game. But they're not scoring goals. They haven't scored more than two goals, I think, in any game, and maybe maybe one game. And it's the finishing. We keep saying week in a week out, and it's getting tired for me at least because you're saying once that damn breaks, it's going to be goals, 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 and we haven't seen it yet. Will it happen? Sometimes, and it happens in history where you have a team that's very offensively um, skilled but cannot put it the ball in the back of the net. They're snake bitten for whatever reason, and it lasts for a long time. Sometimes the whole season. I don't know if we're going to have this aroma, but this is a very talented team who can create chances like better than most of the teams in the league. But for whatever reason, they can't put the ball in the back of the net. Occasionally, Dabala gets a goal or Abraham or, or Zaniolo. Somebody gets a goal here and there, but they never come in bunches. And that's the infuriating part. Eventually, you get frustrated as an as a offensive team, and then you start doubting yourself, and then the play starts getting poor. We may have that with Roma if they extend this for long periods of time. But right now, that's the only thing I can explain is that they're creating. They just can't put the ball in back of net for whatever reason. I don't know. Rafa Roma, if you if if, if you're to believe, if, if if there are people that are into these expected goals per ninety minute kind of statistics, Roma's expected goals per ninety minutes in Serie A through seven games is two point zero five. So, uh, based on that rationale, if they were performing to expectations, they should have sixteen, maybe seventeen goals right now through seven games. They only have eight. Yeah, they only have eight goals, and you'd expect Tammy Abraham to have more than two goals this season. You know, Dybala got off to a, a slow start when it comes to the score sheet, but he's already got three goals, and Tammy still only has two. Um, and the thing is, is that it's not really coming from elsewhere, right? I mean, that's that's you know, five of eight goals right there between Dybala and Abraham. Cristante is the other one with one. And then Smalling and Ibanez. Like, you don't even have your forwards or your 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 attacking midfielders, 
you know, scoring goals. So that is a problem. And it's, is it, a you know, Richard mentioned an old Mourinho, you know, type uh, <laughs> statistic, right? Mourinho, uh, uh, you know, uh, usually doesn't score a lot of goals in a match and, and defends small leads, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. Why, Roma haven't gotten off to the way they have, you know, is it the end of the road for Mourinho? Is it the, you know, is it, I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like this team with all the players that came in and all the noise that they made should be doing a lot better than they are right now. And even in Europe, you know, they, I mean, I know they won their last, their their game last week, but they lost their first game and, you know, they should be, steamrolling through this group in Europe too. So I don't know what it is. I, I, I it's, it's a little frustrating to see because I would have liked to see Roma, you know, kind of up there in, in the mix. And I'm, and listen, it's not too late. It's only game seven and they have a lot of time to, 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 to figure this stuff out. But is it just like, is it just was signing Dybala the right thing to do? I don't know. I don't know. He's injured. Uh, Frank, you said eight goals so far for Roma, right? In right. one of those games against Monza, they had three goals. So five goals in the other six games. Mm. That's that's a that's not getting it done. No, it's not. And they've created chances every game. Every game they've created double digit chances, yet they can't get the ball back in that. And it's gonna it's gonna wane on the team when those chances don't go in and they blow leads or you know, whatever. So I mean they're defensively they're okay, but Offensively, it's just they can't get the ball in the net, and I don't know if it's going to be a mind fuck if this continues on for longer. I mean, and what is this on though, guys? I mean, this is I did. I mean, Mourinho doesn't do the shooting. You know, I mean, that's let's let's yeah. You know, before people start, you know, people start talking sure. about Mourinho. No, you right. start start putting the blame on him. Um, I mean, the other, I mean, you can look at it glass half full, saying, okay, we're sixth. Through seven games, only scoring eight goals. Um, eventually, this problem is going to solve itself, and the points are going to just start pouring in, and we're going to make our charge up the table. That's right. that's what you think will happen with this Roma team. The quality is certainly there to do it. You know, Belotti came in, got his first. I mean, albeit the team they played was horrible on Thursday, um, and they were a massive favorite to win. Yeah. Um, you know, but. This is the question that we keep asking about Abraham. I mean, in a game, and this was a game environment that when you look at how Roma are built, this does not suit Roma. Roma's not a possession superior team. Roma's a counterattacking team like right now what Atalanta are. Um, and uh, so when they have more of the ball, but I mean, at that same time, there's no excuse there because they they took 21 shots. Yeah. Five on target. They outshot Atalanta twenty-one to four. Atalanta's only shot on target was the was the goal by Scalvini. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, is this are, are they unlucky? Um, because this is I look at these statistics and I would say Roma probably okay one shot on target for Atalanta they score that maybe Roma one two one yeah. you know without looking at the score. But it's it's perplexing because I think that. In stretches in Roma's games, from what I've watched, I, I don't. There's really nothing wrong with what they're doing. Um, it's just, it's just the finishing. And I, I are they unlucky? I don't think they they're quitting on Marino. I'm not buying that. Um, but I, I just, 
I think this normalizes. I got to think that at some point this normalizes and they're scoring two, three goals a game, aren't they? You would think. But Rafa mentioned something earlier that is curious. The pressure, you know, the pressure with what they were assembled. They were assembled basically Avengers to put together. And there's all this pressure that you have to do well with the team that you got assembled. And maybe when they get from a goal, it's expected that all these attacking players get double-digit goals, right? Zaniolo, Dabala, Abraham, Pellegrini, even if you want to. And when they get in front of goal, they just freeze up. They get the shots off, but they're not quality chances because they're not going in. Occasionally, you get a great goalkeeper save. We've seen them. Every game will have them. And we've seen them in Roma games where the goalkeepers make outstanding saves. But maybe the pressure of supposing to do well, or is that even an English word? Supposed to do well uh, gets to them when they're getting ready to score a goal, and that's when they freeze up. I don't know. But they're not scoring goals, and they are creating chances. So you think it levels out, but I don't know. Yeah. Rafa, I mean, are they unlucky? They maybe they're unlucky in front of net. I might I might turn a little bit to favor Roma, um, and you know I I know I just kind of lambasted them, um, but when you really think about it, they're four wins, a draw, two losses. The two losses came to Udinese and Atalanta, two teams that are. You know, Atalanta's tied for first with Napoli, and sure. Udinese has 16 points, and we're leading this the league for a few hours today. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, the teams they lost to are better than them right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and okay. maybe maybe they just need to find like when they we come back from this break, they need to find that rhythm for goals. But again, I also have a lot. I, I feel like it ha, it comes down a lot to, and I know you said, Frank, and I respect this, that Mourinho is not taking the shots. But Mourinho does not normally have a team that scores all these goals and wins four or five nil all the time, you know. So maybe maybe defensively they need a little work. Maybe um, they have to get the first goal and and you know try to try to defend better or like I said, Tammy Abraham really needs to be more clinical in front of net two goals at this stage um, for expected striker like him. I like, I I really, I was under the impression that with Dybala coming in, Abraham might be like, like Capocanoniere this season. And it's just not working out at the moment, at the moment yet they've won four games. You know, and only draw once. Could be worse. We'll see. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. It sure could. Okay. I mean, I think that's probably the best way we can recap Roma and Atalanta. Roma were all over Atalanta. Abraham yep. missed a really easy chance. Atalanta win the match one nil, and Atalanta are just playing totally different from what we've what, what, what we've grown to expect from them over the years. You know, and then Roma, you know, just again the the, the finishing continues to to be what hinders them and keeps them from you know from having the upside to be getting more points. So. Um, let's, uh, let's batch the rest of match week seven here, gentlemen. Uh, it started on Friday with Salernitana playing Lecce, uh, Asan Cisse. Don't get in a foot race with this guy. You'll lose, uh, 43rd minute puts Lecce in front by a goal to nil. Then Juan Gonzalez own goal in the 55th minute. Uh, and then a goal of the week candidate, 83rd minute, Gabriel Stefetza, uh, scoring there to give Lecce, uh, their first win. Uh, of this season teams getting their first win 
uh, this week here on Match Week 7. Lecce is one of them. We'll get to another famous one here uh, shortly. Uh, Bologna hosting Empoli. Uh, Bologna, 61% possession, 16 shots. They lose 1-0. Um, to, and they lose at the, obviously they lose at the hand of Empoli. Uh, Tiago Mota, manager, right? Yep. Tiago Mota now stepping in, managing Bologna. Filippo Bandanelli, they should go back to the guy that was the interim. He won a game for them. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but Bandanelli getting the goal for Empoli, uh, three points for them. Spezia Sampdoria, this ends 2 1 for Spezia. Somehow Spezia win. I don't think they're altogether all that good, but somehow they win. I think it has to do with Luca Gotti's a very good manager and knows, and, and another one of these guys that gets a lot out of what little he has. Uh, so, um, Abdel Hamid, Abdel Hamid Sabiri, my boy, one of my touts, one of my guys I've been touting, uh, since preseason, uh, goal of the week candidate there in the 11th minute, just a minute later, uh, Jason Murillo decides to help out Spezia for some reason, makes it one, one, uh, and then Mbala and Zola in the 72nd minute, uh, winning the match there, uh, for Spezia, um, uh, eight shots on target for Sampdoria in this game. Uh, so props to Dragovsky for his performance in goal uh, for Spezia. Torino Nel Sassuolo won. Augustine Alvarez, hey, another one of my touts. Uh, 93rd minute uh, scoring his first goal for Sassuolo. Um, Torino, I mean, balanced match. Torino had a little bit more of the possession. Um, but uh, Sassuolo finding ways to win. Uh, and uh, winning this one. So big win for the Nero, Nero Verdi on the road at Torino. Uh, Sunday, if you woke up early enough, you woke up to a, well, I don't know if this is a shock anymore with the way they're playing. Udinese's done it again. 3-1 over Inter. Uh, Nicola Barella with a great free kick in the fifth minute. It's a goal of the week candidate. And then Milan Skriniar with an own goal in the 22nd minute. It goes. It just goes from bad to worse. Uh, Filippo Inzaghi, for Filippo Inzaghi's men, uh, stays this way um, throughout, Filippo, throughout the game. Filippo What's Inzaghi. That? You said Pippo Inzaghi. I mean, Simone. Simone Inzaghi, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're, they're, Filippo they're Inzaghi is going to get a team promoted to Serie A and then he's going to get sacked. We lost Rafa. He'll be back. Okay. So, anyway. Um... Udinese is playing some pretty pretty nasty ball right now. I mean, they're not they're not winning these by flukes. And then on a set piece, on a free kick, or I mean, on a corner kick, Gerard Delufeu to Yaka Bijo. Yeah, I don't I don't know who he is either. Uh, <laughs> but he puts Udinese. I swear, some of these clubs, some of these clubs are are just pulling guys off the street and just say play. Yeah. Um, and maybe that was the case here. So Bijo scores, and then in the ninety third minute, Tolga Arslan. Ending it for Udinese, another big win uh, for the Friuli, uh, getting there. Lazio coming off of a what was that in Denmark against Midtjylland in uh, in Europa League, bouncing back nicely to thrash Cremonese 4-0. Chiruri Mobley in the seventh minute and then follows that up with a penalty in the 21st. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic getting his first goal of the season just before halftime. Pedro in the 79th minute. Uh, Fiorentina 2, Hellas Verona 0. It would be Jonathan Icone. Great individual goal there uh, in the 13th minute. And uh, Nicolas Gonzalez in the 90th, closing it out for the Viola. 
Now, finally, uh, Monza Juventus, Allegri in. Uh, this game, I'm watching it with my son this morning, and I'm just sitting here saying, I can't watch this Juventus. I just can't watch this Juventus team. Uh, apparently, Angel Di Maria can't even play for it. Uh, found a reason to <laughs> found a reason to just get himself out of there after 40 minutes. I mean, if there was ever a fuck this red card, that was it. Uh, but Di Maria is known for his temper. So I go from he's like I go from playing for PSG and playing this wonderful attacking football and scoring goals at will to now having to be in this setup. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so he, he gets he, he gets shown a red card, and I actually think he did that on purpose. I don't think he wanted to play anymore. <laughs> but but I digress. Though, hard, I think it was a really harsh red. Yes, it was yellow at, at minimum, but I think it was harsh to give a straight red. He elbowed him in the heart. Yeah, not in the face. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do you? <laughs> That's a red. That's not a straight face. red. That that, that that looked a, that like he wanted to do that. That looked like he had he had finally gotten to like I don't want to play in these tactics and on this team right now. I'm leaving. <laughs> and he he did it and he got her. He knew what he was doing and he got a red. Uh, I swear, I swear he'll <laughs> never admit that. But that's just what I'm going with. Uh, um, and then it's uh, Christian Goodcare. Uh, uh, scoring for Monza in the 74th minute, uh, assisted there by Patrick Curia to give Monza a famous win. 1-0 over Juventus. Let's start, Rafa, with two managers that are not going to be getting a lot of sleep for a while. One probably actually one sleeps fine because he's never going to apologize for the way he plays, and that's Allegri. But Simone Inzaghi <laughs> is going to be losing a lot of sleep here for the next couple of weeks. Um, Udinese just Udinese hammered them, um, and then uh, and then Juventus under Allegri, and Allegri was 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 not on the touchline. He was banned, but he was there in the stadium. They lose to Monza. I mean it's like enters having all of these struggles on the one end. And then um, Juventus, just when you think they can't find a new low to sink to here, here we are this one nil defeat to, to Monza. Your thoughts on Inter and Juventus. Let's start there. Gentlemen, Rafael, I'll go first with you. It's amazing to see these two teams struggling the way they are. It really is. Um, there's, there's a, a there's something going on at Inter. Um, Simone Inzaghi is for me on the hot seat. Um, you can't go from winning a scudetto to pulling off a really good season, finishing you know second at the last day of the season, to getting your star you know striker back in Lukaku. Um, and to having all these expectations in the league to have a start like this, this was this was as poor as you can get for Inter, in my opinion. Um, Udinese obviously off of the four nil win against Roma, and um, you know the way they've been playing is just out of control. I mean, you know, I, I almost kind of want to give. Inzaghi a pass for this weekend, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe I'm giving a little too much credit to Udinese, but look what they've done. 
They've beaten Roma 4-0 and Inter 3-1. I mean, this is something that, you know, you can't deny that Udinese's got such good players. They also replace really well. They find these these talents from, you know, their I guess their other clubs that they own, you know, and bring them in and they just they just work. It works. And I think Udinese was always going to be uh, you know, a really tough team to beat this season, but who would have expected them to be where they are? So I think in that for that reason, I think Inzaghi gets a pass for this weekend alone. But if this continues, I don't think he makes it past, you know, Christmas. I don't. I just don't. They don't look inspiring. They don't look dangerous. They don't look anything like they did in the last two two seasons. They just don't. Um, as far as Allegri goes, <laughs> I mean, this should have been – this should be it. This right here should be it. You know, you lose to PSG in the Champions League. It's just, it's expected. You got one back in the second half. You looked a, li- a little bit better. Okay, right? But then you go ahead and draw with Salernitana, right? And I don't care. I don't care anything about the call, the VAR call at the end of the game. You know, Juventus should never have been down 2-0 to Salernitana at the half. They just mm-hmm. should not have been. Right. Okay. So they got lucky to get to to with to level for stoppages. They got lucky. Okay. Um Allegri needs to go. I mean, I know that's a big contract. I know that's gonna be a lot to try to get, you know, off the books, what have you. But Allegri needs to go. I think it's I think it time has come. I don't think he should have went back to Juventus in the first place. I really don't. I thought I never thought it was going to work, and they they just don't have what it takes right now. You got Di Maria, who's getting sent off. You've got, you know, uh, stupid stupid yellow cards, when in in Milik taking off his shirt after the goal that was given that was taken. You know, why would you get yourself sent off? I know you got passion and you, you're you're happy about that. You got the you got the game winner, supposed game winner. But you know you're on a yellow card. Why are you taking your shirt off? It just doesn't seem like, you know, the mentality is there. I think there's a serious role reversal of Napoli and Juventus where we didn't have the mentality before, and now they don't have the mentality. They just don't. It's boring. It's uninspiring. It's it's lackluster. And, you know, Juventus should never be losing to Monza. This is Monza's first victory in Serie A ever. It's against <laughs> Juventus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is, this is trivia question stuff. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I mean, listen, I'm happier than a pig and shit about it. Trust me. But when it comes to where this club is got, like, what, what happened to the system that ran that Juventus all those years? What happened to it? It's it's gone. It's gone. They've replaced like really poorly, in my opinion. You never bring guys back that didn't work out. So never would have brought Pogba back. Nope. I think Di Maria was is already on the decline of his career. Never should have brought him in. You should have focused solely on Vlaovic. They can't play the ball to Vlaovic anymore either. And Vlaovic just doesn't seem like the Fiorentina Vlaovic. 
So what's going on? What's happening? I don't know. But I think right away, it's got to be Allegri out. He's got to go. I'd be more surprised to see Allegri stay this whole season than I would um, if, you know, Davide Nicola got sacked. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it, you know, it, I mean, I, I no, I said that wrong. I should, I'd be less surprised to see him mm. stay the full season. He should, he should be fired. Should. I don't know. If, your I mean, thought, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think differently about both these managers. I think all three of us would love to see Allegri stay in as long as possible, but um, I don't, of the two, I think he is the one who is the most likely to go first. Um, though, uh, you know, Inter can be very um, shoot from the hip sometimes. I think Interisi and Inter in general need to relax because, yes, they are playing worse than they were la- last year, right? And they've lost a lot more now than they had last year at this point. But look at the teams they lost to. Lazio is a pretty decent team. Milan, Bayern Munich, um, and now Udinese, who's Udinese is surprising everybody this season, right? Udinese is playing really well. They're a good team. So, you should get a pass. Should they have, should they have losses? No, it could have been draws, possibly. But he's got a good team. They're not playing well yet, but it's still too early to say Inzaghi out. Now, maybe a month from now, we're still doing the same thing. Okay, I get it. But um, it's just... I think it's too early for Interis to be saying... Uh, uh, Inzaghi out. Yeah, the Hamdanovich thing is stupid. He needs to be gone. It needs to be Onana. Onana is clearly the better goalkeeper between the two. I agree with that. Uh, the mannequin challenge all game long against Udinese, but Inzaghi still, I think, still has a much better potential going forward than um, Allegri. Allegri, dinosaur. Uh, none of his tactics are working. The no. team doesn't seem to be responding to him. I just think. How much longer can it go? You could probably get a pass this week because technically he wasn't on the sideline and yeah. Di Maria is going to be the focus. But you do another – it's a stinker. You lose to Monza and who are they playing next week? Are they, any more losses, it's just going to be out. If they get eliminated from Champions League and or another loss in City, yeah, he should be gone. He should be gone now already. But I can't see a situation where they keep losing and Nedved and company keep him. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Inter are stupid and irrational and get rid of Inzaghi too soon, because I think it is too soon. Uh, but of the two managers, I think Allegri needs to go. He is It's clearly not working for him or his or his fans or his team or anything. He can't adapt. He plays one style, and when teams figure out that, that one style, he has no plan B. Yeah. Inzaghi does. This hasn't, this hasn't been performing well, so I don't mm. know. Juventus play Bologna on the second and then Milan on the eighth. Oh, if they lose to Tiago Mota, goodness, he needs to be uh, fired. <laughs> well, they play, they host Bologna and then, yeah, but then after they host Bologna, I believe they play uh, Maccabi Haifa. Oh, right. In Champions League and then they'll play Milan. So, um, when do know, they play Udinese? I want to see that. Four yeah. Nothing? Well, look, here's. I think that, and, and this is not in any way defending Allegri or Inzaghi, but I think when you look at, just take a look at how these teams get set up, and you can, 
what do you got at what do you got at Milan right now between you know Pioli with with Maldini and Masada and 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 then the front office? You have harmony, okay? Spalletti has harmony with his team at Napoli. Gasparini and Atalanta have always been in lockstep for how they want to assemble their squad. Mourinho, to a degree. Sarri at Lazio, even though they need better fullbacks. Um, they, you know, so. Inter and Juventus, to me, are the two teams that they arguably have the most capital, but the owners are saying, I want these guys, we're going to bring in these guys, and you're going to have to figure out how to make it work, versus the other teams are saying, going, you know, and same thing with Fiorentina and Italiano, Camiso with, with Italiano. What do you need? How do you want, you know, how do you want it? What, what do you need to be successful? I'll, we'll try to go out and find it for you. You know, the scouts and everybody like that. And I think that they're part of the problem is disconnect. You know, Inter and Juventus are the two teams out of the, out of the eight, out of the top eight, let's say that are still throwing crap at the wall and hoping something will stick. Okay. Um, Sassuolo even have good cooperation players that they recruit and bring in. They move on from guys and then they and then they bring in new guys and they're in cooperation with Dionisi. So I think that there's some of that going on. But at the end of the day, who's going to be the scapegoat? Allegri and Inzaghi. And Allegri's tactics are horrible. They're horrible. They're old school. I tweeted it. I said, watching this Juventus hurts my eyes. You know what? I, I, I wore my Milan jersey. Okay, I have a Juventus jersey from Lippi's Juventus from the '90s. It was I, I thought it was a cool jersey, the Sony mini disc and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But that team, there was a time when the Juventus team just battered you, and you couldn't do anything about it. You know, and and they didn't just want to score one or two; they wanted to score three or four. When they had, you know, the the, the team that won the Champions League in '96, believe it or not, Juventini, that they, they did win a Champions League. Um, I saw it. I watched the game when they beat Ajax. Um, Ravinelli, Viali, Del Piero. And then they had wonderful midfielders, Souza, Deschamps, Conte. You know, um, they had good defenders. I mean, uh, the, the goalkeeper, Peruzzi, it's uh, <laughs> not somebody that I would want to pick a fight with in a bar. Um, yeah, he just looks like the team, right? What's that? Chiro Ferrara was on that team. Chiro Ferrara, yes. I mean, and then... They move on from Viali. They move on from Ravinelli. And what do they do? They go and get Boxic. They go and get Zidane. Okay. Um, you know, they um, they just they just go and they didn't deserve to win. Presidente, 95 was when Milan lost to Ajax. 96 was when Juve beat Ajax. Okay. and Great Ajax team, too. Both of them. A fantastic Ajax team. Um, but... Um, but anyway, so I but I see disconnect and I see the managers being the scapegoats and I see that Inter will be quicker to hook Inzaghi than Juventus will be to hook Allegri even though it should be the other way around. So Richard Udinese they they, they can't, can they? But look at this. They can't win I mean, they, beat, they beat look who they've beaten. Fiorentina, Roma and Inter. Yeah, and pretty convincingly too, and they yeah. compete and they competed against Milan on opening day. They can't, can they? They can't win the Scudetto. They can make Europe though. Um, 
what part of Europe? We'll see. Is it Conference League? Is it Europa League? Is it Champions League? I don't think the Champions League. I don't think Europa League either. But this is a good team. They're going to be a pain in the ass for every single team in the league, including Napoli, including Milan again when they play them against later. They've already shown to enter. They're going to be the same thing with Juventus whenever they play them. Atalanta, it doesn't matter. This is a hard team to play. So Teal, we saw this at the end of last season, right? So Teal got this team to figure out a way that they're playing for him. They fight hard for him and they make it difficult. They got playmakers on the team, right? You know, Odoji is playing on the team. We hope he plays on the, on the national team. He didn't get the call up this time. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, they got talented players on the team. They got a big man up top in, in Beto. They got this wonderful playmaker in Delofeo who's just doing everything this season, it seems like, uh, last season too. And they can. They can do it. And so Teal is having a breakout season as a manager uh, in terms of, of what he's he's doing so far. I think they can make this last. Are they going to be top of the table, third all season long? No. But they'll be in the top half. And they're going to make life extremely difficult for every team in the NFL. And then uh, City, yeah. So uh, do not be surprised if you see their name in the, at the fighting for a European spot at the end of the season. Rafa Udinese, this is this is. I think we're just all going to just sit back and enjoy this for as long as it goes as long as it goes on, right? This is not your grandfather's Udinese, right? I mean, uh, but look at Udinese. I mean, they've been in Serie A for what's this now? Twenty five years running, right? Are they the one team besides Milan and Inter who have not been relegated? I mean, who who they they constantly they're constantly here. And they constantly, you know, they sell off and then they bring in new players. And I think it goes under the radar because it's not an Atalanta performance, you know, where Atalanta was yeah. so, you know, back up from Serie B, Serie A, Serie B, Serie A. And then, and then they finally got to where, you know, that their youth would let them. Plus, they, they, they bought some players. They invested a little bit in the club. But look at Udinese. You know, they, they rebuilt the Dacia. They redid it. Um, and slowly but surely they've been, you know, always a tough, a tough opponent always. And, um, I think it's also, you know, another indication of right manager, right time, you know, so Teal's got them playing really well and they have some real good quality. And another big, big thing about Udinese is they, they kept hold of Delofeo who has been playing great since he joined them two seasons ago. Just great. This was a guy who was everywhere you could think he could be and just couldn't find a home. And here he is at Udinese just doing things. Two assists today. Um, you know, just, just just a real baller, you know. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about Champions League. Um, I posed the question that which two teams, you know, if, if it were Atalanta and Udinese again in the Champions League, which two teams that made it, from last season or leave it or, you know, are going to not make it this season. Obviously right now it's Inter and Juventus, hmm. but, um, but you know, that was just for fun. You know, I, I don't expect Udinese to qualify for the champions league, but I could see them winning, you know, a year, a Europa league spot. You know, mm. I don't see why not. I, I, I really don't. I mean, these teams don't have to worry about Europe right now. So I think the sky's the limit for them. Uh, it, you know, Hopefully they don't get injured. You know what I mean. Maybe injuries might might yeah. cause a you know a setback here and there. Um, but you know it's going to be fun to see. Yes, they're going to be a pain in the ass for sure. 
And I don't, I don't really look forward to playing against them, to be honest with you. This is not Toto Di Natale's Udinese, right? That team was <laughs> fantastic. They made Champions League. They're not that good, they but they're did. they're still good. They're still paying the ass, like we've been saying. It That's remains the, to be seen, to though, say. Richard. Yeah, yes. it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see because True. because the, these guys are they're playing together. And I'm telling yeah. you, I uh, that third goal against Inter, I I swear to you, you know, I knew it was happening. I knew. I said this is going to be the goal to to seal the deal. And yeah. that header from uh, you know, Arslan. who was it? Arslan. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, like they play so together, and and they flow. And when they're when they're counterattacking, they're all running up. And when they're defending, they're all running back. They're nonstop. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun to see them play as a unit. I mean, I think these are the biggest takeaways from these batch of games here, gentlemen. Um, I mean, Fiorentina. Bouncing back uh, after their embarrassment in in Bisaxa here, Lazio after their embarrassment at Michelin, getting quality wins against two teams that are going to be. I mean, Cremonese we think is 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 going is going to be a, a relegated team by season's end. Hellas Verona, wow, um, they're 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 not good. I mean, and it's just like they've 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 lost some players, obviously, um, but you think there's enough talent there for them to be a little bit more competitive than this. I don't think there's much else here we gotta we gotta go on about. So um I this will probably be the spot, Rafa. I know you gotta get going. So we're gonna give you a chance here before we let you go to uh give you the floor, allow you to have a chance to promote anything you'd like to promote. Well, let me just thank you guys again for coming for la- allowing me to come on. And I'm sorry I couldn't stay for the rest of it. I my favorite part of the show is coming up and I would love to have been a part of it, but I do have to run. Um, so I'll be, I'll be trying to keep an eye on the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll look at the replay and I'll, I'll laugh hysterical with you guys at college sure. Twitter, but, um, uh, you know, far from Vesuvius, man, there's a real, real resurgence in that account. We've been a little stagnant lately, but I've seemed to have been able to rally the troops and we've got new shows on, on the program. Obviously the Raf and Raf rant is the you know the main flagship show right now live every monday 8 30 on youtube and then you can catch it on the far from vesuvius network of podcasts um and then henry bell and michele borelli michele borelli is at get get is at napoli tickets he runs get napoli tickets he helps fans who are traveling to naples Get tickets to Napoli matches. He also does away matches. So uh, he just helped a client of mine who was going to Italy get Lazio Napoli tickets. So him and his girlfriend went to Lazio Napoli at the Olimpico. It was awesome. Um, uh, Can't recommend him enough. But him and Henry uh, at Henry Belcalcio uh, in the shadow of Vesuvio. It's a great show where Michele lives in Naples, speaks such great English. And it's really, truly the only podcast in English that has, uh, you know, a guy right on right on the streets of Naples, giving the perspective of the fans of Naples. You know, it's more than just an analytics show. It's a show about almost everything you can find in Napoli. And then Henry and Kirsten Schluitz, who just put out an article that made ESPN, they do from end to eye, which is a look back at Napoli history. So it's like a short podcast for you know filled with historical stuff about napoli it was great uh henry and i are going to try to finish up our maradona series during the world cup and ken has started cafe with ken on saturday mornings we're really busy really really busy and it's it's great to see 
Um, and obviously, like I said, my, I got to shout out my boy, Ralph Bizarro for the Napoli rant. He and I are still at that. Um, the show is gaining a lot of traction uh, at Napoli rant on Twitter. Please follow us and uh, come say hi. Check us out every Monday if you'd like uh, 830. And yeah, I mean, uh, aside from that, um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching the kids little league. I'm sponsoring their teams and uh, I'm running a, a family and a business. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm going through <laughs> a lot right now. But uh, it's it's all good because um, big things are coming for us. So good, good for you. <sighs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> awesome, good for you. But you're always welcome on the city. I sat down. We enjoy Thank having you, you, Rafa. You guys are my great favorite. stuff Thank from you. you and great insight on Napoli too. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting to see uh, see how they're performing. And uh, good to have you with us again. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have you on again real soon. A uh, pleasure. I would love to come on anytime you guys need me. Thank All you, right. Rafa. All right. All right. Ciao, ciao. 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 That was Rafa. He's one of our best guests. Yeah, yeah. Can't so we have not so much. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse in terms of the uh, caps. Uh, it's still Mark Neal, I think. Mark still? Wow. Look I think we him. had Mark on like 10 times or something like that. Look at Mark. So He's doing well. All right, I just gave in the shadow of Vesuvio follow as long as Henry, as well as Henry Belcalcio, yes. uh, at Henry Belcalcio. So uh, j- those are the it's uh, at Shadow of Vesuvio if you're looking for it. So go ahead and give that a follow uh, per uh, what Rafa was discussing. So looking forward to seeing uh, what they what they produce and what they discuss as far as all things Napoli. So um, the thirty call ups. Let's move on to that, Richard. All right, yeah, there they are. Hey, oh, you found them. Okay, I found them. Happy for Probadell. I think he earned it. Where'd you go? There you are. <laughs> so, Nobody needs to see me. Looking at the goalkeepers, <laughs> I, yeah, Caudio, I think it's going to be good that he gets into that kind of environment. But I mean, yeah. this is Donnarumma starting, and you might even see Medic get a game um, during this break. Your thoughts on the goalkeepers? Um, yeah, obviously Donnarumma and Moret makes sense. Provadel and Bricario, I think, are fantastic call-ups. Uh, definitely deserve their opportunities. Will they, will they play? We'll see. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm good with the, with the call-ups for the goalkeepers. Now, Italy will play England uh, in the Nations League. That is on the 23rd. Uh, oh, and then will I believe, they? Yep. And then they are at Hungary on the 26th. I'm just so curious are... with everything going on in England now with the with the Queen's passing, will this game get affected at all? Well, the um, game's in Italy. Still, does it still? I know a lot of a lot of things going on now with with security. I know that there was something going on with the Rangers not being able to travel, or so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully the game goes on, and, and I'm sure it will, and uh, it'll be a good contest, good good challenge for for the Azzurri. Yeah, it, it. I would imagine they're well past the morning period. Um, so I think that this game is going to uh, to go on. So uh, looking at the defenders, um, Acerbi, Bastoni, Bonucci, Di Lorenzo, Di Marco, Emerson, Gatti, uh, Luis Felipe, Matsoki, and Toloi. I'm so happy for Matsoki. We've been yeah. talking about him now for a few weeks, and uh, for him to get his chance, I think, is really exciting. I I I want him to get a game at left back on one of these in, in one of these nations league games and see how he does. Cause yeah. I think, I think he, and this is not, 
you know, exaggeration. I, I strictly believe this. You know, Italy at the Euros were very, very effective because they had a, a Spinazzola that was playing with great form. I think that Matsoki is a Spinazzola, um, but probably a better dribbler and a better take-on guy. So um, please, please, please play him at left back in one of these games. Uh, that's all I ask for out of this group. And, and please don't play Benucci. <laughs> so. Yeah, same thing with Acherby. Don't need to see Acherby, honestly. Uh, Gatti, sure. good call. I'm glad to see him up there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, good. Mazzucchi was obviously the one, the big one that I'm glad to see him get a call up. Uh, this defense honestly kind of scares me. Obviously, the wingbacks I'm okay with, right? Di Lorenzo, Di Marco, Emerson. Um, but you know, some of these guys like Bonucci, Acerbi, Bastoni recently, Toloi. Eh, I'm not so sure about that, but we'll you know we'll see. I mean, as long as they play good, cohesive four back or three back, whatever system Mancini wants to do these days. Um, that's the main goal, but uh, right, yeah, who else can they put though? I don't know, right? So let's see what happens with that. Um, my ideal center back pairing when I look at this Bastoni and oh gosh, it's I mean, because I don't think the yeah. form on the rest of these and on exactly. any of these other guys is great, Kathy, maybe, probably, might as well, right? Yeah. I think so, the consensus in the chat is that Mancini is not on the team, so that's only good news. Yep. So you can't – yeah, so that was a, that was smart. Let's go to the um, midfielders, Barella, Cristante, Jorginho, Pellegrini, Tonali, um, Pobega, and Verratti. I mean, I think this is Jorginho, Barella, Verratti until somebody else cracks this. Sure. So Cristante will come on and be a substitute in key situations. Tonali, I would like to see get some pitch time, but I think that Mancini set on his midfield. Um, there's a chance Tonali comes on as a substitute and has a you know has a role in this game, but that, that, that's kind of where I'm at with the uh, with the midfield. Yeah, I mean, Pobega, though I like to see him there because he's a Milan, Milanisti. Um, it's great, but I think Udoji is missing. I think Miretti from Juventus is missing. Those couple of guys I'd like to see on the team. Um, as opposed to maybe Pobega for his first try. And yeah, I mean, overall, it's a solid midfield. And like you said, you know, the main three are going to be the main three or main four with, with Pellegrini. Um, they're going to be who they are until someone supplants them. But uh, yeah, overall, it's decent. Udoji is Italian national? Yep. Okay, good. Good. Okay. And then on the attackers, uh, Cancellieri, uh, Gnonto, Grifo. Glad Grifo's in. Grifo's been in yeah. really good form yeah. for Freiburg. Uh, Immobile, Politano, Raspadori, Scamacca, and Zerbin. Um, I think we're in trouble at these positions. Um, I Grifo has to start, doesn't he? Scamacca um, scored over the weekend, but but he's not playing a lot. No, um, we're in trouble in these spots. I mean, when you think about some of the injury, I mean, Berardi's hurt. He's gonna jam Immobile in there again, hoping that he does something. I, I, I think you, 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 you just turn the page and say it's time for it's time for it's time for Skamaka to have his chance. But then Skamaka goes to a place where he doesn't play all the time, um, and Zerbin, just a weird call up. I think that this is just a. A list of selections. Grifo, Immobile, Politano is disgusting as it sounds, according to Sanjar. Okay, that's 
Uh, fine. I George is asking formation. I think they play four three three. That's what Mancini's going to play. He doesn't want to play anything else. Yeah. Um, regards what? What do you think of this attack? This is actually kind of disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you could be you could do the Napoli attack, right? Zerbin, uh, Politano, and uh, Raspadori. But no, I, I think oh, what I would thanks. do, I would like to see Grifo. I don't think Zerbin should be on this team. Honestly, he hasn't no. done anything for me yet. He's but, there because of injuries. Right. So I'd like to see Grifo, if not him, you know, Nyonto. Uh, but definitely Politano and Raspadori, maybe the holding holding or the false nine, really. But um, yeah, or Politano, Raspadori, Scamaca, something like that. I don't necessarily want to see Immobile, but he probably will get the start. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm with you. I think this is a, of the four groups, this is the group that worries me probably the most outside of the center backs. Yeah. Yeah, the center backs and the attack is where we're going to struggle. I, I I like how we are on the fullback positions. I like where we're at in the midfield and in the goalkeeper position. We're going to have to get – we're going to come up with some crazy ways to score goals. I think that's just how it's going to go over these next couple of games. So Play like Atalanta. Defensive. Might might have to. You might have to. Catanacho so, coming back. Yep. At its, Catanacho at its very best, right? So, yeah, yeah. And you know England's going to be chomping at the bit to uh, – prove that they should have won the, the Euros over us and they're going to try to come and cut our throats. They played each other uh, since then. It was the, the, the when they played in England, I think. Um, yeah. Let's look. Uh, I've got that right here. Yeah, it was nil-nil in England last year, uh, just June 11th. So uh, England outshot us 12-8, to and now it's a home game for us. So we'll see how that goes. So that's the other thing. I mean, they they started Luca Pellegrini on the left side up front. Or not Luca, Lorenzo Pellegrini on the left side up front uh, for Italy. Uh, Mancini did. So that's another possibility. Yeah. But it's going to be 4-3-3, uh, George. Just... And then, Anthony, I see that it's your birthday uh, on uh, when Italy play England. So hopefully they win it for you. Hopefully they take it down. Happy, so. early, happy early birthday. Happy early birthday, sir. That's right. Maybe your maybe your son will be born the same day as Anthony. Maybe, maybe you never know. So, <laughs> um, anyway, all right. So that's our wrap up on Italy, and now let's move on to the world's most popular hashtag game on this marathon edition of City I'll Sit Down. We really didn't mean this. <laughs> um, who won Calcio Twitter? Richard, lead us off. All right, leading the way in the nominations is, of course, the big show. And uh, so the original tweet was from uh, Adamo Luciano says, of course, Syria is rigged against Juventus. Always has been, always will be. So why did Agnelli rig it more by making the electric manager of this team? And then uh, Nerazzurri says, uh, work cited, crack pipe. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to that a lot lately. That's uh, kind of been his, uh, def- that's kind of what he's been going to. Okay, so at Busted Calcio. Non-Juve Serie A fans when Juve gets <laughs> fucked by the refs. <laughs> and it just goes on and on. It's beautiful. Leader beautiful. in the clubhouse. Uh, Busted Calcio. Yes. Well played. All right, moving on next. This is good one here. Uh, comes from Magnifico Facayo uh, and... Let me play with the, let me play with the audio. <laughs> Puts uh, both Magnon and uh, uh, Kalulu to sleep. Uh, funny sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. 
Getting creative. Uh, Kelja with Julian nominated uh, IFTV. Getting married is nice, but the three points is nicer. It's a Milan win, and the groom loves it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Rajat nominates this one. This is, comes from Tom Tanner. Uh, let me get the audio in this. All right, so this is uh, the man. Oh, mute this. So uh, no one, and then the man who first decided to wank off a cow. Listen. Milik, Milik. <laughs> oh, all right. I still think Busted Couch is in the league here. Okay. In the lead here. So, all right, moving on. The big show, Tucson Vlaovic, Benfica. Amazing skills, goals, and assists. Enjoy. I'm going to cut the song off just so we don't get a copyright strike, but oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, next coming in, uh, it says Zigmu, but originally it said Europa League, and it said Hi Juventus as Europa League. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> After they lose to Benfica. Correctly called by Moi. Yep. Uh, Jerry Mancini is in with uh, with an entry. Tears of joy of not playing under Allegri anymore. <laughs> so there's oh. what appears to be Dybala. Yeah. All right. So Pardo, rigore per Milan, Interisti. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Conspiracy theory. There it is. <laughs> oh. All right. Moving on, Maldini telling PL clubs how much Salamakers is work at after scoring back to back in Champions League. Oh, man. 10? More than that. 50? A lot more than that. 150? A little bit less. 140? 122. <laughs> <laughs> well, 122 million for Salamakers. <laughs> that's at Wanderoy underscore. Oh, that's good. That's good. That is All wonderful. Right. That that's well played. I like. I, I I I'm still going for busted Calcio. I think Richard. We're gonna we got some we got some interesting choices though. Yes. Okay. This one comes from Pete the at the Inter dude. All right. I'll play the sound here on this. Hi. That's why he's the goat. The goat. And sometimes maybe good. Sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. Oh brother, this guy <laughs> stinks. Look at the mask of my boy. It was perfect. Perfect. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. Oh, let's go! That's class! <laughs> he's the best football player in the world. Uh, oh my god, my insides are on fire! No, please, no more, no more. That's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, and those are the interplayers. We we have a new leader. Oh, all right. Uh, Romagnoli versus Michelin from Uncle Sharma. <laughs> Everybody going by him. <laughs> <laughs> and there was another one. Original tweet was from this one, and it was uh, 
Romeo Grassi uh, trying to fend off the uh, Juventini after that loss to Benfica. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so both are good. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, are... Let's see here. So we've got... What's the next one? All right. So uh, I don't know, this is a long third. Okay, so... Originally started by IFTV saying Napoli have the best midfield in Italy. Uh, Tony says something. It's been six games. They do this every year. Uh, I say we're totally to talk about the first eight games. And he goes, uh, Napoli of the season ended after six games. 30 years, good that to you. <laughs> Where are, are you here? Uh, I lost you. Oh, that, that was a uh, big show. What's the date R- on R- that? Rodrigo Bentancourt uh, on September 17th nominated. Rodrigo Bentancourt, September 17th. I got some September 16th ones here, but that were from Pruibus user, but it is okay. Ah, okay. Here we are. Got it. All right. Yeah. I saw that one. Um, <laughs> yep. Not play the season ended after six games. All right. So uh, Apex Crafter is nominating Inter. Inter is in my soul. Let Inzaki cook. He's making something special. I'm going to take Velveeta, a whole block. Right oh dear God! Oh God! Wow. A hot dog inside a shell. That looks really nice. Okay, great. Look at the way it all fits. That yeah, way. it's beautiful, right? <laughs> you take milk. Milk. Oh. What the fuck is this? Lasagna. Make sure you cover the pasta because that's how the pasta is going to. Oh, it's pasta. Oh yeah. Pop that right in. The- Let's see what the end looks You're like. You're gonna cook the milk. Look at yeah. this. Okay. And- Yum. Mm-hmm. Yum. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Art Vandele. I haven't heard of him in a while. And so uh, <laughs> this is uh, Sir Afanja Scream Allegri Vafanculo. And then and- Andrea Agnelli excuse me, says this. You stay here! You stay here with Stephanie! You take me to him! Take me to the son of a bitch! Take me to him! Come on! Go, 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 go! Take me to the son of a bitch! Where's the son of a bitch? That is good. Where is he? That is good. All right. Now we've got at Yanimal. We both said Napoli Merda. Oh, there's one before that. Another another, another Art Vendelay. I'll let you come back. I'll I'll let you do that one then. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to understand <laughs> what this one is about. We've got... Who is that? That's Is that... That's oh, that's Nangalan. Nangalan. We both said Napoli Merida. And who's the other guy? That's uh, Yanimal. That's uh, Busted Calcio tweets on Milan Weekly Pod. He's always on there. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is before oh, the there game. there he is. Yeah. It's, oh, I, I, I almost forgot what he looked like. I'm just... I did too. I was like, oh, that's Nangalan. I forgot about him. All right, so there was another entry from Tony Malassi. Yes, there was. Uh, nominated by Presidente. Uh, and Art Vandele says, losing to a club Berlusconi and Galliana made up just to pass the time at old age. <laughs> <laughs> Taking shots at you, Via. All right, so I think we're down to... Let's see here. Where's that? Where's that? Uh... Each. Uh, at the interdude. <laughs> And, and uh, I think we're also uh, Nerazzurri for the Dusan Vlaovic entry. Yeah. And finally, the busted ca- at Busted Calcio. With <laughs> the celebrating. Where did I put that? 
Oh, that's tough. We got to pull it up. Hold on. Yeah. Um, yep. that's a tough ones. <laughs> Do some lava fish. That was funny too. I like I like the peach one at the inner dude. What's that? I like the the peach at inner dude. Play that for play that for us real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me get to that tab. All right, here, where is it? There it goes. Let's start from the beginning. That's why he's the goat. The goat. Sometimes it's maybe good. Sometimes it's maybe shit. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Look at him mask with my book. It was perfect. This motherfucker don't miss. No, he's fucking good. That motherfucker don't miss, man. Oh, let's go. That's class. That was on it. He's the best football player in the world. Oh, oh my God, my inside. <laughs> the Korean Jekyll. <laughs> La caca. La caca. <laughs> yes, okay. We're going with that. Oh, my goodness. We're going with that. All right, uh, oh. let me pull that up here. Um, oh. Interdude has won Calcho Twitter for this week. Um, and uh, while I go ahead and uh, crown him the winner here over social media, Richard, say some things to the people. Well, let me read some of the comments first. Uh, Dominic says, not bragging, but I've eaten Velveta lasagna to be nice. <laughs> uh, who cuts cheese with scissors, says George. Um Presidente says, Jan was in Milano to watch the game today. Yes. Uh, Anthony says, I'll give it to Art. And then he also says, uh, for the Juve video with Vince McMahon, <laughs> let me find him. Let me find him. Yeah. Zukaku, the contemporary Adriano. Ooh, that's a good call. That is. Adriano was very useless for us and perhaps Lukaku. I think Lukaku is a little bit more serviceable for Inter than he Adriano was for us. Or are you talking about the old Adriano for Inter? I'm thinking about the uh, Milan's Adriano. Um yeah, interesting, interesting. Uh, but yeah, anyway, great uh, week for great week for uh, great week for who won Calcio Twitter altogether. Lots so, of nominations, lots of nominations, yeah, and yeah. some really good ones. This was a good week for it. So well done to all of you out there. Keep them going at uh, hashtag Who Won Calcio Twitter. Keep it clean. Don't be offensive. Uh, you know, it's all it's all in good fun. Uh, and I yeah. thought that that was that was very well played there by Peach at the Interdude. <laughs> um, so, George, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let's look at that one. That's one of the best of the year. That one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, with the ra- Rabio. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Uh, so, uh, that's going to put a bow on this edition of uh, Seria Sit Down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Pod- on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts, there's Sedia Sit Down. At Sedia Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Check us out there. Check us out on Facebook. Here on the YouTube, if you are watching us for the first time, please subscribe, uh, especially if you liked what you watched. Um, also, uh, drop a like on the video. That helps us out a lot. Uh, and also hit that notification bell so that you are uh, in the know when we go live or whenever we drop a new video. So, um rafa thank you very much uh again for joining us we'll get him on for cap number nine real soon uh he was excellent chat you guys are excellent as always uh so thank you guys uh for being uh 
uh, taking part, giving your thoughts, giving your input. We ran really late tonight, but uh, want to thank you all for hanging in there. Richard, best wishes for Cheers. you and your wife and uh, you. for, uh, for, for your second child on the way. And um, good luck with the sleep. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so the Serie A goes on a break next weekend. We will too. Uh, so we will be back with you on October 2nd, um, Sunday, October 2nd. And uh, look for us then. In the meantime, enjoy the international break. Enjoy the national teams. Enjoy the Itsuri. For Richard, I'm Frank. As always, make sure you're telling your paisans about us. Ciao. Ciao.